Episode 524 of the PlayStation Nation podcast with you as always. I'm Glenn along with Josh. Hello. We're late this week because life happened and stuff, so we had some stuff going on and I uh, had to wait a couple extra days to record. But that's okay because that at least gave me a little bit of time to play some games, which I didn't get a lot of done until uh last couple of days. So that worked out fine for me. You know. That's good. Yeah. So uh, this week, it, eh, we got a couple new releases. I'm really interested to find out about this one. Uh, some news items, what we're playing and watching, what's going on around PS Nation. And uh, I'm sure we've got some emails sitting around because I know I've seen some come through. So I guess before we get going, unless, Josh, do you have anything to, to kick us off with? Anything, any little little anecdote that uh, came up the last week? Uh, no, because it's under embargo. Ah, well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can say, I guess, because <clears throat> I tweeted a picture. You did? That I went and got to sit down and play uh, Dreadnought. Oh, yeah. I didn't see you tweet a picture. I tweeted it and I retweeted it on the PS Nation. Wow. Account. I must have been busy. Yeah, because I, uh, yeah, I remember texting you like, hey, did you go to that thing? You must have thought it's because I saw the picture. <laughs> I, I I was like, uh, yeah. No, I I just knew about it, and I didn't know if you went or not because you never tell me nothing. No. Yeah. So, well, that's good. A surprise. Well, the guys were really really impressed with that game at at uh, PSX, so it should be good to hear about that when you get to talk about it. Yeah, it was cool. They they told us a bunch of stuff, uh, and we got to play for like an hour or so. Nice. Try a bunch of different things, but I can't talk about. It. Till, well, you can uh, at least say what you now? can at least say what the game is because we talked about that at PSX. Yeah. Um, at, at least give give everybody like a little taste of, of like what the game is all about. Uh, it's so you're basically in charge of massive ships. It's it's a shooter. It's like a first person shooter almost, <laughs> or a third person shooter, but with massive capital ships that you're flying. Right. Um. And that's that's a big a big thing of it. Um, it it's funny. I, I will say this because this doesn't have anything to do with the game. Yeah. But I will say when I first saw it, and when I was sitting there thinking about it, um, and I told them this, I, I said, you know, all I could think of in my mind was the scene from the second season of star blazers when the common empire is coming in oh now my I'm getting God. real nerdy i know and you know what they, i'm not even gonna remember this either because that was when i was so young when that show was out and they line up the whole fleet of ships because suddenly they don't have just the yamato they have this whole fleet of new ships and they're all lined up there and they all fire off their wave motion guns at the same time right and it was just like a seven-year-old nerdgasm, like, oh, my God, look at this! Ah! And, of course, it had little to no effect on not. the Common Empire ship. <laughs> and it was just, it was such a freak out, like, oh, what are they going to do now? But it's that's... Kinda like, it's kind of like uh, Iron Man 2, when uh, <coughs> when when Hammer uh, redoes everything for... Um, uh, who's... Who's Rhodey's? What's what, what's Rhodey's character? The Iron Patriot, or not the Iron? Patriot. Yeah, yeah, that's what that was. The, the War, War Machine. Machine. When uh, when at the end he's like, "Oh, I got the Widowmaker." 
and he fires yeah. it off just goes blink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, that's all I could think of because it's yeah. it's the idea of having all those ships and all those weapons and it's it's a it's a fight. I mean, that's yeah, that's yeah. The game is about. But uh, I'll I'll talk more about it. I guess in a couple of weeks. It's good. It gives me time to write this stuff up and and kind of figure things out. But oh wow, that's nice. You get that much time. Holy crap! Yeah, it's the fifteenth. I'm almost positive. Nice. To, but there's time to write things up and and just kind of get my head together. I was just writing notes the whole time. So. If uh, and if anybody wants to hear any more about it, uh, we did talk about what we saw at PSX on episode five hundred three, uh, which you can find on our website. It came out December sixth. It's called PlayStation Experience twenty sixteen. Easy to find. Uh, what I saw of it, I didn't get to play it. I didn't have the uh, the appointment for it. I want to say it was either well, obviously it was either uh, Andy or MJC, but uh, they were whoever played it. He was really happy with it. I, I'm almost positive it was Andy, but what I saw, I mean, I, like the visuals were freaking awesome. I mean, those humongous capital ships all doing battle and all these explosions going off and everything. It, it really was yeah. kind of that epic feel that you would expect. And it, I, I will say it took me a while to find my groove, to find my ship. Yeah. You know, because there are a bunch of different ships you can pick and, when I finally found it was funny because I was sitting next to one of the, one of the guys the whole time. And, um, when I finally found my ship, I started to freak out. <laughs> I was like halfway through the battle. I was like, Oh my gosh, I love this. This is mine. This is it. I'm here. I'm, nice. I'm in, I'm in. This is, and he, he just started laughing. I'm like, this is my ship. And I'm freaking out. <laughs> nice. It was very cool. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm I'm really excited that they did this event. I didn't really know anything about it until I think the day before it was happening. And uh, like I said, I mean, we you know we get we got to see it and play it at PSX, but I really hadn't heard much of the game since then. So uh, yeah. it was kind of nice for that to come back up on the radar. And I'm very very interested to, to hear what you have to say about it. So very cool, awesome. It's great that we got that opportunity. Uh, so without further ado, let's do, uh, that good old housekeeping. 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 Go away. I come in anyway? No, go away. I come in anyway. So a lot of different ways you can reach us. You found the podcast somehow, some way, but uh, we have a website. It's called psnation.com. Uh, on that website, you can find a bunch of different reviews, especially the stream of reviews that went up over the weekend. Uh, you can find uh, news articles, you know, reports from from events like this. Josh uh, got to see kind of a PSVR uh, preview a couple weeks ago, so that's up on the website, along with a lot of other stuff. You can also find the Contact Us section on the front page there. Just scroll down a little bit on the left side, and uh, you'll find different things like how to email us. You can either shoot an email to podcast at psnation.com, or you can just hit that Contact Us button. Uh, you can find our Twitter account, so if you want to follow Josh... Uh, you can do so at PJF Josh. You can follow me at Torgo PSN, and you can follow our main Twitter account at PS Nation. Uh, and that also does tweet every time a new article or story or whatever goes up on the website. So that's one way to keep track of that sort of thing. Uh, you can also find, uh, like Josh and I, our, our PSN accounts. Uh, if you send us a friend request, just please throw a little note in there saying they're from PS Nation. Uh, which I got a flood of them the other day. I'm almost at a thousand friends, like nine hundred and 
like 31, I think, right now. And every single one of those people I know. Everybody better get on there quick because he's going to run out of space and then that's going to be it and never get to see him again. Well, but that's the whole thing. You know, we we don't, at least I don't add just random people. Uh, I would rather keep that. Not um, like I do. Well, yeah, you don't. (laughs) Well, we would rather keep those slots open for people that are part of our community so that we can get together and play and and hang out on, on the party chat or whatnot and play some Destiny or Destiny 2 when it comes out or, uh, you know, Ghost Recon Wildlands, uh, Rainbow Six, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, we try to get people online to play all those games. Uh, you can also find our forums over there. Hit the forums button or just go to psnation.com slash forums. You can, uh, and, and you should. We, we have a lot going on in the forums. It's a lot of fun over there. I, I check it at least twice a day. At least. And it works really well on a phone, too. If you have a mobile device, as long as it's not a flip phone, it works pretty well. Pretty cool. And we have Tap-A-Talk, if that's what you want to do as well. You don't have to do the uh, mobile web, but I actually like it better that way. Uh, you can also find us out on Facebook. To go to just facebook.com slash PSNation page or just look up PlayStation Nation on Facebook itself. You can also uh, stream our podcast on services like Google Play Music, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, etc., etc. And uh, last but not least, you know we don't have a Patreon. We don't ask you for any money. All we ask is that if you're going to do some online shopping, maybe check our website first. We have that affi- affiliate link section on the front page. Uh, we've got links for a bunch of different stores like Amazon and Best Buy and uh, Walmart and GameStop and Barnes & Noble and the Microsoft Store. Uh, among many, many others. And all we ask you do is, you know, just click that link to go to the store instead of going to it directly. Uh, whatever you buy, we get a little piece of the action that helps us pay for things like this big bad E3 that we're taking six people to this year. Uh, it helps us pay the bills for all that, <clears throat> for our Airbnb for the week, for our food, uh, that sort of thing. All the toilet paper we're going to have to buy. Just reams of it. Well, for Emra. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the guy eats constantly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's all we ask you to do. Uh, thank you so much for, for everyone that does that already. Uh, I actually got to go to the bank today at lunchtime and take two checks over, one from Amazon Canada and one from Amazon UK. And the Canadian one's easy. They can just deposit it. But the UK one's always fun because Amazon uses Deutsche Bank. So I bring the check in, and it's in really small print that it's in British pounds. So every time they, they think that it's from Germany, and they try to do it in euros. Like, no, it's pounds. And you have to like point out the really small text that says pounds. Uh, it takes them about 20 minutes to do it because they don't do very many international checks. So they usually have to like call their help desk and stuff. How do I put this in the system? So, folks, you're giving me a lot of pleasure by making these people go through all this hell to put these checks in the account. Just, just letting you know. So, <laughs> and we sold a few shirts. <laughs> I think it's more than just staff members now. Mm. I think a few other people have bought them. Well, we're just rolling in that eight bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Better hurry. Those are going to come down soon. The yeah. the ones, the ones now I looked at them again. It's the ones that actually have the, the, I O as a 10 as yeah. a blue 10. Yeah. Those are the ones that are coming off. Okay. The, the ones that don't have that, they'll stay. Okay. Um, so I should probably order a couple for myself. 
<laughs> yeah, it's those it's those blue ten, those year ten that actually say year ten on them in blue. Those are the ones that are limited edition, quote unquote, and have to go. I would say since they, we put them up right before E three last year, that we leave them up until yeah. right around E three this year. Maybe after we get back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that was the that was kind of the branding I was using for the year, and when year ten ended, I took them all. I took it all off the website. Right. Know? Right. Um. It's no longer the the main banner or any of the side things or any of that. So yeah, and then of so, course yeah, you didn't tell me that, so I'm still putting that logo on the podcast and stuff. What? No, you're and, not. Yeah, I am. Look at the podcast from last week. It's still got the the year ten thing on it. Where? When I embed our image into the oh, podcast the file. iTunes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you got to do something about that, chief. Well, you're supposed to tell me when you make <laughs> these changes. You didn't see it? You never go to the website? I do, but I don't look at the logo every time. You didn't look at every podcast banner that I sent you that doesn't have the logo with the year 10 on it? Listen, by the time <laughs> I'm done editing this this podcast, I'm ready to just get the thing posted and get to playing a game or watching TV. Yeah. It is a long process. <laughs> so, no, I don't... I don't like look actually I usually do look at the banner but I usually look at what you did with it and I don't really pay attention to the banner or the 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 logo yeah. at all because that's yeah. the least of my worries you know yeah yeah so <laughs> no I did not notice <laughs> oh, yeah, look at that the 10's gone from the website wow oh no <laughs> all right then all right new releases new releases all right we have Birthdays, the beginning. Isn't a birthday an anniversary of a beginning? No, this is birth. Well, it's a Japanese game, so it's birthdays, the beginning. So there's tentacles involved. Out here from NIS America, no tentacles. It Uh, is from legendary creator. Used panties? uh, Yasuhiro Wada. Okay. Uh, it is a new sandbox game in which players create cube-shaped worlds that give rise to diverse and unique life forms. Huh. So you can mess around with it, and you can change the geography, alter the temperature, create conditions for life, birth an entire ecosystem. Huh. Uh, create any world you want, um, discover all kinds of life, Single-celled organisms to plants, mammals, dinosaurs, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's pretty much the excitement there. Interesting. Um, so that is $39.99. There is also a limited edition. Well, of course there is. Which is $59.99. Now, the limited edition comes with a paperback art book. Okay. A soundtrack on CD. Okay. Uh, An actual physical soundtrack. That's something pretty rare nowadays. That's nice. Yeah. And both versions contain a world guide booklet. So you're getting that in both of them. Uh, In the special edition, you are also getting a plush avatar and keychain, a collector's box, and a mystery print. Ooh. That extra 20 bucks is actually getting you a lot of stuff. Yeah, if if you're into that. I mean... A lot of that tchotchke, I would just look at it and say, I'm never going to do anything with this ever, ever. 
It's going to go in a box and it's going to be more crap that I have to move when I move. Says the guy who gets loot, bo- loot crate every month. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and you know, the worst part about the loot crate thing is the fact that because I haven't had my own space, my car right now has, is probably full of nine different loot crates that have never been opened. So I'm going to do an epic uh, unboxing here pretty soon, like in a week or two. I'm going to unbox like nine months worth of loot crates, mm. including the South Park one that I bought separate because they, they did like a, a humongous one for South Park and I had to have it. So, I yeah, I just got to I'm looking for like a mount or something to put the camera up on the desk for streaming and everything. And then I figure I can use it for that. So, yeah, once I get some more stuff unpacked and kind of moved around and everything. I'm going to do an unboxing stream for that. Just show you all the loot that you can get in those loot boxes. In them loot boxes. Right. <laughs> but literally, it's all in my car right now. It's pretty funny. Well, and that is, that's it for new releases. All right. Cool. Well, on to the news. Uh, this first one we kind of talked about last week. It was, it was uh, on, the, on the horizon, and it finally happened. Uh, Activision officially announced and revealed Call of Duty World War II. Uh, looks really cool. Uh, so this is coming from Sledgehammer Games. It's, I'm pretty sure, the first kind of World War II FPS that we've gotten on these new consoles, which is great. Uh, Call of Duty going back to its roots, essentially. Uh, not doing all the you know advanced uh, futuristic stuff anymore. Uh, I don't really know if they showed very much gameplay in the in the live stream and in the trailer, but what they did show does look really impressive. Uh, very cinematic, you know, what they've been doing with the single-player missions in a lot of these games in the, in, the, in the series lately. But, you know, we don't know a lot yet. We do know that it's coming out, I think it's November 3rd, I want to say. Do we have it here in the thing? Of course not. <laughs> I think it's November 3rd. Uh, they are going to be doing a closed beta, so if you pre-order the game, you get access to the closed beta. The closed beta is coming to the PlayStation 4 first, which is pretty cool. But uh, it sounds like it's going to start off with D-Day, like a lot of the old games you know, from years past. Uh, it's going to start off with you storming uh, uh, in the Normandy area, probably okay on Mojave Beach. What's that? I'm okay with that. I am too. I, I am it was- in. It was intense on the PS2. It's going to be absolutely insane on the PS4. Yeah, and and that I mean that's what I've wanted on these new systems for so long is is to see these scenes realized with a lot more horsepower behind them, you know. And and that's what is exciting to me. And it's even a little bit cooler for me now that I've gone to that region. I went there in 2013 and and took a 12 day trip around the area. Uh, to have actually seen those battlefields, and you know, we went out to uh, the Arden Forest and found where the where the hundred first was, and um, where Easy Company was, was, you know, dug in as much as they could for the Battle of the Bulge, and and um, I'm really interested to see how they're going to handle this, and uh, you know, they, they talked a lot about in the, in the live stream, they talked a lot about you know authenticity, and uh, I mean, they they really did show some cool stuff for like weapon models and even tanks and vehicles but at the same time you know it's still call of duty it's still going to be a twitchier shooter than than you know trying to be downright uh, uh realistic but i'm okay with that I, I i'm very excited this is the most excited i've been for a war, uh, call of duty game in a long long time 
uh, I was excited for the one last year, and and I think rightfully so. The the campaign was really good in, in last year, uh, but going back to World War II is one I've wanted for this and for the Battlefield franchise for a long time. And yeah, I it sounds yeah, really cool. To be fair, for a long time we couldn't wait for them to get away from World See, War II. I was never one of those people. I was, was never one. I when 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 they took Battlefield to Vietnam, I hated it for a long time. Uh, I. I'm a World War II nut, though. Like, in terms of the history that I study and, and what I'm really interested in, it was mainly World War II. I mean, there's other areas, too. You know, I, I got a little more interested in World War I, uh, Civil War, that sort of thing. But World War II has always been kind of my niche, and, and uh, I, never, I never tired of it, really. I, I tired of—I wouldn't say I tired of the genre, but I tired of a lot of copycat games coming out that were really substandard that were trying to do something. Uh, that I tired of, but no, I'm uh, I'm excited as hell for this. The only thing that, of course, gets on my nerves a little bit is, uh, you know, obviously for multiplayer, they already said that uh, Nazi zombies are going to be back, and in my in my words, who cares? But I'm the only one that hates it. So, well, they're also letting you pick a female avatar, in which is really cool. Multiplayer, yeah, and I love which... that. There was all this outcry, like ah. Women, bullshit. I mean, there weren't women fighting officially for the army, for the U.S. Army, but there were some legendary women on the Russian front. Uh, there are a couple of women uh, that were snipers for the Russian army that had over a hundred kills, yeah. way over a hundred kills. Um, well, my favorite, my favorite take on all that. Uh, somebody put up side by side tweets from some chucklehead. Oh God, uh, who. In the one tweet was complaining that if they they need to be historically accurate, they they can't put women in multiplayer. This there were hardly any women except for maybe in Russia, and this is just bullshit. They they if they're going to be historically accurate, they have to keep women out of it. And then the next tweet over is the same guy saying, "Zombies confirmed. Yes, I can't yeah. wait. This is going to be awesome." Fucking moron. <laughs> How about the women in the French resistance or the Belgian resistance or oh God. Historically yeah. accurate zombies though. You know, well, that's, yeah, that's totally historically accurate. Well, he, he saw red snow. Isn't that what it was called? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I just, it's Wait, days like that, that that I hate the internet. What was that movie? It was something that, like dead snow. The one, that, the one that I reviewed. Oh, the one that you reviewed something different. I was thinking of the, the main, like, zombie Nazi movie that kind of started it all. I just can't think of what it, it was like dead snow or, and then there was the one where, where, where there were the Nazis living on the moon. Oh, well that's a different one. And then the sequel that's to it, they showed, died. they, sh- yeah. And then they showed the sequel with a Nazi riding the back of a, but did they ever do that? T-Rex. Zombie massacre. Zombie that was massacre, the one. Yeah. That was World War Two. That was the zombies. That's the one I reviewed. Which, um, but did they ever make that sequel to Iron Sky? I don't think they did. Yeah, Dead Snow is the one I'm thinking of. Um, I don't know. It would be Iron Sky too, wouldn't it be? I don't know. Iron Sky, The Coming Race, is scheduled for 2018. Okay. Yeah. It's on IMDb. Well, I mean, I'll give it a shot. I, I 
I think I was a oh, little God. bit. Oh God, Tom Green's what? in it. Eh. <sighs> I, I was, I was bothered by, and I, I forget. It's been a while since I saw Iron Sky, but I, I think in the trailer, we saw somebody that died in Iron Sky, which I was yeah. like, what is this? I don't like where they're going. Are they just throwing all that out? This doesn't make sense. But of course, they'll have an explanation for it. I'm sure. <laughs> okay, here's the storyline. For Iron Sky, what I call it, the coming race. 20 years after the events of Iron Sky, so 20 years, mm-hmm. the former Nazi moon base has become the last refuge of mankind. Earth was devastated by a nuclear war, but buried deep under the wasteland lies a power that could save the last of humanity or destroy it once and for all. <laughs> I love how serious this is. The truth behind the creation of mankind will be revealed when an old enemy leads our heroes on an adventure into the hollow Earth. To save humanity, they must fight Vril, an ancient shape-shifting reptilian race, and their army of dinosaurs. Hmm. Hmm. You gave me too much information, unfortunately. I don't think so. You did. I don't think so. (laughs) That's why I avoid trailers and things, because they give away basically the whole movie. Nah. Yeah, really you're worried you're worried about you're worried about the the deep story of iron sky oh, the coming it's not race. the deep story story i just like being surprised by this shit now i know <laughs> what's going on well the, but you saw the original trailer i remember you talking about it i saw a little bit of it with i saw with but the even dinosaur. the original trailer yeah but they kept they they had been talking about that for a long time and it was just, it was a person that I thought was dead, if I remember right. And they mm. walk in, there's Hitler on a dinosaur, you know, which they had been talking about forever. See, I don't remember enough about the first movie, even though I own it. I don't remember enough about the first movie to, to even know who you're talking about that you think died. And the funny thing is, even if you told me who it was, I still wouldn't remember. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. Not worried about it at all. Yep. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, we're going to see this game at E3. Uh, <clears throat> I am looking forward to this one. I uh, I really do want to get my hands on it and play it. So, should be cool. Yeah. Yep. All right. PlayStation Plus for the month of May. Indeed. Your free games. Hey, your favorite games in here. Tales from the Borderlands is available for the PlayStation 4. Cool. The entire series, not just one episode. (laughs) It's not a disc-based version. You're getting the the download. You sure it's not like five of six episodes or anything like that? (coughs) Just to fuck with you? This is a digital version, so you're getting all of them. Yay! Uh, Then in North America, the PS4 owners also get Abzu. Yeah! Actually, you know what's really cool? I had never bought that game, so I'm actually kind of happy about it. Well, there you go. And the uh, European Union and UK, because, you know, Brexit, uh, they're getting Alien Nation. Nice. Yes, for. For the PlayStation 3, we have Blood Knights and Port Royale 3 Pirates and Merchants. (laughs) I'll be honest, I'd never heard of either of these games. Port Royale, I, they were big on the Xbox 360, I believe. Yeah. I don't think, I could be wrong, but I don't think any of them except three came to the PS3. Oh, okay. I think that was like a big deal when that came over that, oh my gosh, we're getting a two. Huh. 
Uh, I could be wrong on that. So uh, who knows? <laughs> um, that's just my recollection. All right. Uh, PlayStation Vita. And both these games are crossed by with the PS4. So nice. once again, we're double dipping on PS4 games. Uh, we have Laser Disco Defenders. Cool. And Type Rider. <laughs> I had been, type Rider? Yeah, I had looked at that one a number of times because, well, I saw it when I was gathering all the information for uh, minecarts. I get to see all these weird games that just fly under the radar. Yeah. Um, cause I'll go through the PlayStation store and I'll figure out all the games. And then I, I try to put down, you know, what genre it is, but with things like this, I'm like, what the fuck? And I have to hit the trailer and watch it. Yeah. And then I'm like, Oh, Oh, actually that looks kind of cool. And then I put it on my, uh, wish list and forget about it. Of course. I never look at my wish list again. Yeah, me neither. But that's in there. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a weird platformer type, uh, thing with fonts and stuff. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> it's just a weird game. And I, I like weird games. Well, it says so. immerse yourself. And I don't want to give too much of the game away. Try not uh, to immerse yourself in this fascinating and unique experience to uncover the history and secrets of fonts and characters. Ooh, where did Sans Serif come from? That's a, uh, it's kind of a neat game. It looks like a neat game. Yeah. Yeah. Could be, uh, could be terrible. Who knows? <laughs> it wow. just looks like a kind of a puzzle platformer using fonts and things yeah. in a way, in a clever way. So, yeah. Nice. And there's a mind cart. Oh, well, there you go. Game of the year. Typewriter. So. Fonts, fonts game of the year. Yes. There we go. All right. Uh, so this one was kind of funny. This uh, this originally started as a leak from Amazon, and finally confirmed by THQ Nordic. Darksiders Three is on its way, uh, being developed by Gunfire Games. Never heard of them. Uh, this is now uh, moving on to Fury, uh, because obviously this is always based on kind of that Four Horsemen concept for the first two games. Uh, but somebody had a good point because they're like, well, Fury's not really a f- one of the four horsemen. And I think it was Phil Kohler said, yeah, but are they going to be really be able to do one for pestilence and plague uh, <laughs> to make the game fun? So it makes sense. Uh, so you play as Fury, who's a female character. It's a mage who must rely on her whip and magic to restore the balance between good and evil on Earth. Sounds like Wonder Woman. Yeah, but I'm all right with that. That movie looks so <laughs> fucking good. New spot hit TV a couple days ago. It looks so good. Uh, screenshots are great. Uh, it says explore an open-ended, living, free-form game world in which Fury moves back and forth between environments to uncover secrets while advancing the story. Uh, defeat the seven deadly sins and their servants, who range from mystical creatures to g- degenerated beings. Um, yeah, uh, it looks really cool. There's some concept art that we have on the website, along with some screenshots. I believe they have finally released a trailer as well, so maybe check YouTube on that. Uh, but obviously I think they were kind of forced to uh, reveal everything a little early because it leaked from Amazon. But very cool. Uh, I haven't really gotten into the first two games very much. I've played them a little bit, but uh, they're on. They're kind of high on my list on the games I want to go back and play. And I got the PS4 versions, so I do want to get back to them. Yeah. 
And then uh, one late, late thing that we don't have on the website, but uh, there's a new patch coming for Horizon Zero Dawn within the next day or so that's going to add a ton of features to the photo mode, uh, including different filters. They're adding more filters, but you're also going to be able to, I wouldn't say pose Aloy, but you can actually make her do like specific gestures, make her smile, that sort of thing uh, for the photo mode. And uh, they showed some examples. It looks really cool. So keep your eye out for that. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Played and watched. Okay. Want to get us started? Sure. Because I didn't get much. All right. Um, so, a very VR. Yeah. I forgot to talk about this. Uh, this is, it's kind of a VR experience. It's not really a game. Uh, and I didn't know a whole lot about it. I knew that it was animals and like a wildlife thing. And you're right in there with the animals. And I thought, oh, that sounds kind of cool. Um, so it's not actual VR VR. It's essentially those 360 cameras. Okay. Uh, and you're, you're, you're looking at uh, kind of a wildlife area while you're sitting in one place. You can't really move. You know, mm. you can kind of lean in and stuff, but you can't move around. Sure. Because it's a stationary camera that they stuck somewhere out in the savannah. Oh, so it's actually like real. I, I didn't know if it was like generated. Yeah, no, oh, no, okay. it's real footage. Okay. Um, so what they do is they stick a camera out there and then uh, this, uh, I wasn't expecting any of this. It, so it's set up so that it's kind of uh, like, I get what they're doing and I appreciate what they're doing, but it feels a little heavy handed at times and it feels a little goofy. At times. Does a Sarah McLaughlin um, song start up at some point? No, no, but money? it's, you've got a woman basically, okay, this is the Savannah and this is where blah, blah lives and they like to eat this. So what do you think is, uh, the population of, you know, whatever animal it is? Oh, and you're God. like, what? And then they give you a multiple choice thing and you have to guess. And of course, everything—it's always like the lowest number, and it's always the most horrible thing because what they're trying to point out to you, um, in case you haven't realized it yet, is that the population of all these animals is just going down, 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 and we're wiping them out. Uh, a game that's, that's trying to teach you something. It's not a game. Fuck that. It's not a game. Yeah, yeah. It's an experience. It's not a game at all. You're just sitting and watching. So. Well, but she's, I mean, she's asking you questions. Are you choosing an answer? Yes. So it's a game. It's not a game. But it is. So when I'm sitting in school and the teacher asks me a question, gives me a a sheet of paper with questions and multiple choice answers on it, that's a game? I always treated school like a game. Okay. (laughs) They never liked Uh that I did, but I did. So... They'll to get the animals to the camera, they'll throw like a bunch of meat out there course, or something yeah. like that, or like a like a branch for an elephant or, you know, a, a specific thing that whatever the animal likes. Um, 
it's just the thing of it is because it's a stationary camera and because it's a 360 camera and everything, it's not Xbox 360, a 360 degree camera. Oh, so it actually um, works. Hi, oh, uh, not so much. Um, <laughs> because like at one point, like the, what was it? A hyena comes up. Yeah. Rat bastards that they are. Yes, they uh, are. It came up, and of course, it starts licking at the camera and everything. And when it gets into that one area, like half its face disappears because it's it's too close, or it's it's at an angle on the camera that the camera wasn't getting it. And, right. And you get into this weird spot where at first it's coming right up to your face, and you're like, "Oh, oh my goodness!" And then <laughs> half its face disappears, and you're like, "Oh." <laughs> you would think that they would kind of edit that, the that kind of thing, like, yeah, test it, maybe figure out that it's going to yeah. pull you out. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing and it's, it's a nice idea. I, I think, you know, part of the money goes to, um, these conservation things, Probably. which is nice and all. Um, so there's just a handful of them in a couple of different environments. And then there's this weird thing with like the wetlands where like you're by this river and there's no animals. You're just sitting there looking at the river. And you look around and you look all over the place and you see like an icon and you click on it and then you move to a different part and you just kind of sit there and there's nothing to see but moving water. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's odd, but okay. I, I don't really know this, but I live in Wisconsin and I can go find a river like that pretty much anywhere. Yeah. So, but there's a whole other thing at the end um, with a live camera. And I was like, ooh, well, all right, that sounds interesting. Yeah. So you can also do this in VR or not VR. Um, basically, you hit a button and it it does the cinematic mode instead. Oh, okay. Uh, the whole thing. And the cameras, the live cameras are cinematic mode automatically. Oh, okay. Uh, but the weird thing is, see, I couldn't get it to work and I didn't get to try it again um, after that. Uh, the live cameras, there's three of them and they're in the middle of Kenya at a wildlife conservancy. So the internet connection is not entirely reliable. Uh Um, so the cameras are like up and down. Um, but they're just cameras that are out there and you can just watch them and see what's going on. Uh, there's a live camera subscription. Okay. And that's the thing. So what it tells you it it tells you, hey, sign up, you know, just if you want to check out the free trial, go ahead. They don't tell you how long the free trial lasts. They don't tell you if you're automatically going to get charged after that, how much you're going to get charged. Oh, how I'm that's sure going. it's one of those where if you don't well, it's unsubscribe not. it. Oh, okay. oh, really? Okay. It can't be because I did it and nothing happened. So um, there wasn't even pricing I could find anywhere. So... Chaz got me the code um, because somebody from the group who developed this contacted him about it. So we were going back. I was going back and forth through him. Um, They said the subscription uh, is a dollar fifty a month, two fifty a month if you donate a dollar to the Wildlife Conservancy that is showing the cameras. Okay, so it's not that expensive. Um, that's actually, yeah, that's not bad. And if 
the cameras, you know, are actually showing some cool shit. It might be worth it. Sure. Um, but I couldn't even see where to do that subscription. They said uh, it's on the PlayStation store somewhere. I just, I didn't see it. So I'm not sure where it is. Uh, it's not that expensive. I think it's like seven bucks sure. for the whole thing, but yeah, it's, it's using that 360 degree camera and trying to see it in VR after playing true VR it just doesn't look right, you know? Yeah, it's weird. It's, it looks like it has a little bit of depth, but it looks off. You know, it just doesn't quite, something doesn't look right. And then when you get something coming close up to the camera and half of it disappears, <laughs> suddenly you understand why things just don't look right. Exactly. Um, you know, at, at one point you're sitting there and you're, you're looking at this empty field and then this, big hunk of meat comes flying over your shoulder and lands in the middle of the field. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so I restarted it and I turned around and I'm looking back in that direction. And of course nothing is there. It's just cause that's edited out. And you oh, just see, okay. it just kind of, it just kind of appears and drops into this. Maybe they have like meat field. catapults or something and you can't see it. Yeah. It was really strange. Um, or it's like those t-shirt guns at, uh, at a baseball game. Yeah. They're just firing meat out of it. It was weird, though. It's an interesting thing. It just felt a little heavy-handed at times. Like, I get it, but it felt a little heavy-handed at times with all the questions, and and you know it's going to be the worst thing every time, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think there might have been a better way to do it. Um, but, yeah, it eh, is what it is. I mean, we're still in that experiment and experimentation stage for a yeah. lot of the what this technology offers. Yeah. Uh, Mason and I, we did Lego Worlds. Uh, th- that was mostly what we did, of course. But I'm going to try to get through to a point next week where I can review it because, and I'm glad I waited, because as we got to the bigger worlds, we started running into more bugs and things. Okay. Uh, and things I wasn't expecting and just some weirdness. So you get to 80 gold bricks and that opens up the really, really, really big worlds. Uh, you get to a hundred gold bricks and I'm not sure what happens then. Um, but we, we were blowing through, you know, we're finding gold bricks left and right. Like the troublemakers that pop out of the ground, they've got one and you grab him You've got people on all the world saying, hey, can you do this for me? And they'll give you one. And they were coming out of the chests and we were getting them left and right. So we were just blowing through this stuff. We got up to 77 Hmm. and then couldn't find a gold brick to save our lives. Oh, no. Anywhere. And we go to a new world, couldn't find a gold brick. I'm like, what the what is going on? Yeah. So it took forever. And, you know, one of the nights we stopped, like we put the controllers down, kind of paused the game and I turned off the TV and we went upstairs, we were doing other stuff and then it was late and he went up to go to bed. I took him upstairs, got him to bed and I was like, oh crap, I have to go turn that off. And I came downstairs and I turned on the TV and there was a troublemaker standing there with a gold brick waiting for me to chase him. And I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) 
<laughs> so I chased him down. And as I was chasing him, I passed somebody who was like, hey, do this quest for me. And I've got a gold brick. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, that's awesome. So I got two right there. And I was like, all right, well, let me go back to our ship. And on my way back to our ship, I found two more. I'm like, wow. this is fucking crazy. So I don't get it. I don't know what's going on with the game. But we moved on to the even bigger worlds. And the other, the other weird thing was we've done so much on every world yeah that you know like i said you open up these chests and you get a part you get uh a, a, you know whatever you get um when you chase down the the troublemakers you get a lego piece when you discover items you know they they get put into your inventory there we ran out of stuff to discover for a while um we we had trouble with uh every time we'd open a chest like nothing would be in there all we'd get before we even opened the chest a ton of lego studs would come flying out uh like right in front of our character uh, and then they'd open up the chest and dive in and nothing would be there oh jeez so what i was finding is we've gotten to a point where they're so few and far between and it seems like every time you open a chest, it's random. But they are so few and far between at this point that you'll open 20 chests and find nothing. And then the 21st chest, you'll find something new Ugh. because there's almost nothing left to find at this point. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. So it's getting interesting now. It's getting a little weird because we're hitting that point where, okay, now what happens after this? I mean, we can build our own shit, but you, from what I saw, like I said, well, let's now that we got to the super big worlds, now let's build our own world and see what it's like. And when I went to do it, it's locked off until you get a hundred bricks. And I'm like, Oh shit. Oh, <laughs> so, and I saw that before I found those four bricks that pushed us over 80. And I was like, and I said to Mason, I was like, look, it, it seems like it's getting really, really hard to find these bricks. And if yeah. we have to go to like three different worlds to find one gold brick and we have to do 20 more of those, I don't think we're ever getting to a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just never going to happen. Um, so what but, you're saying is you're te teaching your kid how to give up. No. I didn't say we're giving up. I said, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Uh, it sounds like giving up. It's not giving up. We're still going to be playing it. I just don't think the bricks are going to be there. That's what I'm saying. Because uh, it just doesn't seem like they're coming. But I, I don't know. You know, we're, I want like another week or so to play with it so we can see what's going on here. Because something just is not right. Huh. Um we're seeing a lot more bugginess and things like that. Um, which I mean, to a certain extent is to be expected, but uh, I don't know. Maybe you went to the kill, kill screen world. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. We get some possible weird kill bugs. screen, possible kill screen, <sighs> just weird bugs every now and then. So yeah. I'm glad I played it this deep that we can find these things. Um, cause I, actually had a different score in mind for it until we got this far into it. And I'm like, mm, uh, my score is dropping a little bit. Mm. 
<laughs> so I'm glad that I got to see more of it and I get a better feel for it this way. Right, uh, right. Uh, I can't think of what else I played. I know I played a couple other things, but I don't know what they were. Um, I did watch uh, Sky Captain. Nice. Little bits of it. Uh, I watched that movie. Yeah. Uh, watch because all right. So voodoo kept bugging me. Um, you know, the other service, the ultraviolet service, yeah, yeah. basically the Walmart service. Cause Walmart runs that damn thing. Yeah. Um, well they bought it, but Walmart yeah. has it now. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it had, you know, I kept seeing the things for, uh, convert your DVDs, you know, any of your old DVDs oh, or yeah, Blu-rays yeah. or whatever. And it was always like four or five bucks or something like that. And I was like, fuck that, you know? And now that I have more of a reason, you know, with the Apple TV and, and with the PlayStation four that we can just do digital movies easy. I started looking at my older movies. I thought about it cause I got an email saying, Hey, they're two bucks each now. Mm for a conversion and your first one is free. Wow. And I was like, well, fuck it, right? I'll at least get a free one. Let's, let's check this out. So I went digging through my DVDs and Blu-rays and everything, looking for ones that I knew didn't have a digital and ones that I thought, well, I don't want to go buy another Blu-ray just because it has the digital version, you know, like an $8 version or $10 version of the Blu-ray just to get the digital. Right. Right. I can get it for two bucks. Um, so I grabbed that thing you do and I looked, I was like, Oh <laughs> sweet. I can get a digital version of that. So I got that and I got a couple of others. Uh, I got just one of the guys. Just you remember one that of the movie? Guys. Yeah. Where she dresses up like a guy. Yep. <sighs> because she's, she's a writer. Was it the she's in high one school. Or the other one. Yeah. She's in high school. She's a writer. And she wants to enter this writing competition, but her teacher says she she's no good at it or whatever. Or she's a woman or whatever it is that Girls she can't, can't do it because she's a girl. So she dresses up like a guy and goes to the other school. And she, the, at first, the guy's like, yeah, your writing's no good. And she's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, you have to have passion about your subject and you have to this and that. And of course, she falls for a guy that she's hanging out with. Yeah. And it's, it's such a great movie though. I freaking God, love I haven't that seen movie. this in eons. Um, so, I mean, I know the, I know the dialogue for that one backward and forward. Um, but I watched bits and pieces of it cause I was like, Oh, I love this freaking movie. And yeah. it's so cool to have a digital version of it all of a sudden. Sure. Sure. Which was like two bucks. I was like, sure. Why not? Um, so it's, I, I got a bunch. I, I got like a handful uh, because I could get them for two bucks each, like the right stuff. Nice. I didn't have a digital version of that. And I thought that would be nice to have. Um, so yeah, I was just messing around and, and watching bits and pieces of those. Um, and then I finally got to see suicide squad. <sighs> yeah. It, it wasn't, as bad as I thought. And actually Joker was in it way more than anybody led me to believe. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, 
he's almost not in it, and it's all in flashbacks, and it's just bullshit. And I was like, really? No. He was in it a lot, yes. <laughs> and he was in a movie. It wasn't flashbacks or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. I If they had gotten rid of the teeth, Mm. he might have been passable there were scenes where teeth all the all the tattoos really bothered me and there were scenes where it worked and i was like okay Eh. but just like one or two scenes where i was like where uh harley quinn finally gets back together with him and they're together and it's this oh yeah i was like that's cool that looks awesome uh there were little scenes like that now the only thing that kept me watching was harley quinn (laughs) because and the problem is they knew that yeah and that's why they that's why they they marketed it the way they did and it was such a prominent role but the funny thing is for the entire suicide squad she has no fucking powers like yeah exactly it's so ass backwards it is i i like the suicide squad that they did on arrow i think it was so much better (laughs) oh i agree it's way better um but, you know, I watched it and I I like as convoluted as it was and as bad as it was overall. I like that they're tying it in, even though it was kind of kludgy and 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 just ham ham handed the way they tied it in with um, the Batman movie and with the way they're tying it into Justice League that's coming. Uh, so I was like, all right, OK. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I had issues with it though, of course. But yeah, uh, and then I also watched uh, King Kong, the Skull Island one. I need to see that still. Damn, it's good. Yeah, because the, the so- next movie is going to be King Kong and Godzilla. Oh, and and the thing was, I had heard mixed things about. It. I heard people loved it, people hated it, and I was like, oh. I wonder what this is really going to be like. No, I expected it and to be good. It was so freaking good. Yeah. So good. I was, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, great cast. A lot of people I didn't even know. I didn't know who was in it. Besides, I knew one person that was in it. Uh, and even he was playing somebody I didn't expect. Wait, you but, only knew one person in that movie? No, I only knew of one. Oh! Okay. Going into it, I didn't know who the cast was at all. Okay. I knew one cast member going into it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, there's that guy," you know. But the rest of them, I was like, "Wow, okay, he's in it. Oh, whoa, he's in it." <laughs> it was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, see, that's the fun of not watching trailers. You come in like, "Whoa," <laughs> you're very surprised by the whole thing. Um, but damn, it's good. It's really good. Nice. Yeah, and I'm going to see that. Of course, there's the end credit sequence that ties everything together, which was pretty awesome. Nice. So that's what you have to stick around for. Um, but yeah, I I can't say enough about that movie. I love it. Nice. love it. It just made me want to go back and watch Godzilla again. Because that was fucking great, too. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I think that was it. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So you bringing that up, the the new trailer for, or the first trailer for The Dark Tower came out today. And Mm -hmm. it's funny because I've been trying to get through the audiobook. 
and I'm having a really hard time with that is audiobook. It, is it abridged, or are you going to be listening no. to it for the next eight years? It's, yeah, that's the thing. It, it's it's the long version. Jesus. And there's so much stuff at the beginning, and I'm I'm oh I, I would like I would lose track of what was going on, and I had to rewind it and listen to it again. Yeah. And so I'm like, because uh, you know I kept hearing the movie was coming, and I'm like, well, this sounds like something I would really be into. Uh, the trailer hit today. And it totally looks like a movie I want to see. So at least I'm happy about that. Uh, and then the, the trailer for the, the, the Defenders came out, which is the Netflix, the four Marvel shows yep. coming together. And that looks really good. Okay, so, wait. Before you go on, because yeah. I remembered. All right. There's a podcast that I started listening to. And unfortunately, I got all caught up with it. Cause I was like just binging it and I was loving it. And then suddenly I got all caught up with it. Now I have to wait a week <laughs> for it to come out and I'm like, damn it. Nice. Uh, it's Matt Myra and, uh, I forget who the other guy is. Andy Secunda. They're, they're both, uh, Matt was part of the Nerdist and yep. the two of them are on, uh, the Goldbergs. They're writers. Right. The right. So the podcast is Star Trek The Next Conversation. Oh, boy. It's uh, Matt is a huge Star Trek fan, Next Generation in particular. Right. Andy um, kind of bailed on Next Generation a couple episodes into the first season Oops. for obvious reasons, because the it first season was absolute garbage. Junky. The whole first season was garbage, yeah. and a good chunk of the second season was pretty shaky, too. So the idea was they were going to go back through week by week, watch an episode, and then discuss it. And he wanted to get him through all seven seasons and you know show him why this was such a good show and just get him to that point. But the slog of getting through those early episodes... Oh, yeah. It's amazing. It's fun to listen to because they're writers too. So they're picking apart the writing and the, and the, just the dialogue choices and the, the acting that's in them and just the way that they come up with this huge idea for the show. And then it just gets abandoned and they throw that out mm -hmm. and go with a completely different idea by the end of the show. And it's fun to listen to. It's really, really cool. And of course these first, bunch of episodes they're still finding their way and kind of hashing out how this podcast is going to go and everything so um they're about three quarters of the way through the first season okay uh so it's easy to catch up you know if anybody's interested in going to listen to it it's again star trek the next conversation um and it's fun it's funny it's it's really uh, a good show if you're into Star Trek at all, because then they, they get into all the other uh, Star Trek shows too, uh, as yeah. well. And I really and, like Matt Meyer, so he's, it's he's funny, fun to listen to. The funny thing about it is, and, and this ties into just one of the guys, um, they were watching one of the episodes called Too Short a Season, okay. which, holy crap. Uh, so this is, and if anybody remembers, if they don't remember the name of it, they might remember this, uh, Admiral Jameson shows up on the enterprise and yeah, he's so very clearly a young guy in old man makeup 
and he's you know and he's he's talking all and by the end of the episode he's young um well they were talking about him and it's funny because they'll do like the deep dive oh he was in this and he was in that and he was in i don't even think i don't remember if they mentioned he was the love interest in just one of the guys Cause I was like, I know that guy and I'm, I, I, I can picture him in my head cause I'm not watching the episodes. Yeah. Um, I, I just remember them and cause I've seen them a billion times. Uh, but I, with that guy, I was like, I remember that guy and I know who he was. I don't know if he did anything past that. And I, when I looked him up, I'm like, holy shit, it's the guy from just one of the guys. Jeez. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, but they dig up all kinds of production stuff and all kinds of different things, which it's fun to really fun to listen to if you're a fan of the show. Yeah. Um, so just something new out there for for people to dig into if they want. Nice. All right. Uh, well, let's just get the, uh, the elephant of the room. I played some Mario Kart eight deluxe on the switch. (laughs) No. So, I, I love the game on Wii, on Wii U. I, I, I think it's one of the best Mario Kart games made in the series. Deluxe is the same game, but it includes all the DLC that was on the Wii U, and they added some online modes, like Battle Mode, which was severely lacking, and in my opinion, the game should never have been released without it. I mean, that was a staple of the Mario Kart series, is Battle, battle Mode. The way I like to play Mario Kart, though, is I like to dig in and get through all the single-player stuff. Get it out of the way. Because then you've unlocked a lot of stuff, and you kind of get the feel for the characters. You can kind of mess around with that. So I'm playing it. I played through three circuits in 50cc, which is the easiest. Uh, It's slower speed. Yep. There are four races per circuit. Or no. I got through four circuits then because I played 16 races. Out of those 16 races, I did not get hit by a blue shell twice. Every fucking race, except for two, I got hit with a blue shell. Hmm. The blue shell is still in the game, which it should be, but it shouldn't be there. And it's even worse than it was in the Wii U game. So right away, I was kind of disappointed about that. The other thing that I don't like is that, and they started doing this with the, with the Wii U game and also even on the Wii, but it, it's kind of gradually, this thing has gradually increased with, you know, as the, the game has evolved. But basically, it's not just that you're in front in terms of what items you get when you get an item box. Nine times out of ten now, I, I'm estimating, but it felt like this, you get a coin. Which is ludicrous, because you can only hold 10 coins anyway. But what your opponents get is not really based as much on your place in the race. It depends more on how far you are away from, from the one in front of you. So it, every race feels very similar in terms of what I'm going to get hit with. You know, every now and then I'll get the horn, which is really nice because you can actually, if you time it right, you can blast it and um, like a a red shell you can get rid of, whatever, you can deflect it. And apparently there's a way, I don't know if it's a glitch or not, I haven't heard about it on the Switch yet, but on the Wii U version, 
there was a way to actually blast a um, a blue shell with the with the horn even. Mm. So yeah, so I, I I was I felt a little underwhelmed by the single player because of those things. The other thing is, and again, I'm not saying it looks bad. It doesn't. It's a beautiful game. But the minor differences in the visuals between the Switch and the Wii version is a little underwhelming to me. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I know, you know, I already knew ahead of time that the main difference was that it's now going to run at 60 frames across the board. But the thing is, I never really noticed it dropping below 60 in the Wii U. I just didn't. But the lack of anti-aliasing is still a bit jarring on a new console. It's just my take on it. Um, I played some online. It was all right. Uh, I think that because of the way they handle the weapons and what you get in item boxes, I, I, I don't know. The online races seem more like chance than anything else. It, it didn't really have anything to do with how good you are at the game. It had more to do with what you got lucky enough to get for an item. And you would hate it if you were gaining on the first place or on the leader or even on second place and all of a sudden a blue shell came in and the blast radius takes you out too. <laughs> so, I mean, when you get a blue shell, you're usually in one of the, you're one of the last places out of 12. You're not helping yourself. You're not helping yourself at all. You're helping the people that are like in third, fourth, fifth, sixth. So yeah. the very concept and the very mechanic behind how it's implemented is absolutely stupid. So I'm not saying it's a bad game and it's it set sales records for the series, et cetera, et cetera. Personally, I think part of that might have to do with the fact that there really wasn't anything there else. No games. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I saw that and I, I immediately tweeted, uh, I'll just leave this here. And I put a link to yeah, I saw Eddie that. Murphy doing the cracker thing. Yeah. If you haven't had a cracker in five years, that's gonna be the greatest cracker you've ever eaten. <laughs> This, this, is, this is the best cracker I've ever had. This is saltine. It's saltine. No, wait, no, wait. That's a Ritz. That's a Ritz. <laughs> this is the best goddamn Ritz I've ever had. Well, and <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I tweeted before that saying, I wonder if in reality, in a meeting at Nintendo, the words were uttered, well, they're just going to buy it because there's nothing else available right now anyway. You know? Of course. But I'm not, and I don't want to, I don't want to diminish what the game is because it is a really good game. It is. It, 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 if you're a Mario Kart fan, it's fantastic. It's one of the best in the series. It really is. But they talked a lot about, before the game came out, that they were you know, fixing, a lot of, fixing some things and they were listening to what players were saying. Well, obviously not because they still have this fucking blue shell that pops up all the time. And out of, the, out of those two races, I didn't get hit with it. I actually did get hit with it after I went across the finish line one race. It just got to me too late. It's too much. It, it, it penalizes you for being in first place way too much. And they've taken all the skill out of it. So, because there is some skill involved. You know, you can dodge things that are being shot at you. Uh, you can like try to go around a sharp corner and make a red shell hit the wall instead of you, which has been a thing that, that's been a part of the gameplay even since the very first Mario Kart and the, and the uh, Super Nintendo. So it upsets me. I'm still playing it, but I haven't played it much lately. I haven't played it as much as I actually expected to play it, but part of that is just because I've been unpacking and everything else. Um, it, it, it 
it is a really good game though. I mean, it, it was, but it was a good game on the Wii U. And I, I guess I kind of expected more. Now, a couple of people I know have said, well, you got to play battle mode. You got to play battle mode. And I will. And that's why, like, if I was reviewing it, I wouldn't be reviewing it yet because I haven't played battle mode. But uh, like I said, I like to get through the single player stuff first. And that's, that's all it really is. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it plays great with the Pro Controller. I haven't tried it handheld because, again, I consider the Switch a home console. I don't, I don't approach the Switch as a portable console. I just don't. Because I want a home console from Nintendo. I have a portable. I have the 3DS, and I hate it. I can't stand it. So I don't care. I have a great portable already. It's called the Vita. Uh, been playing a lot more of the Gran Turismo Sport Beta. I actually streamed some of it yesterday. I'm trying to get you know things set up here so I can stream better. Uh, I really suck online. I don't know what's going on. I'm miss. I'm sure it's because I wasn't using a wheel and I was using some of the aids still. Because I use some of the assists when I'm using a, a, a gamepad. I just have to. <clears throat> um, but I was just getting blown out of the water by these other cars. So. Obviously, I need to unlock some more cars and just keep working on it. I'm getting really good lap times, but then I go in and I see, like, Packet Mickey, who raced with you and I in that Gran Turismo thing, like, three or four years ago in Extra Life. Um, I see Packet Mickey's beating my my laps by, like, eight, nine seconds or, or, or more. So, obviously, I'm I'm not doing something. I, I need to find that secret sauce. <clears throat> but I love it. I, I actually, when I was, I, I was working from home today, and... I let the attract mode on G- on the GT Sport beta just sit and run on my PS4 at my desk for like three hours. I just let it run because it runs like races and stuff on its own. It was I just love looking over at it. It's so damn good. Um, yeah, so really enjoying the hell out of that still. And I played the pre demo. So this lets you play the first hour of the game. Yeah. Did you play it? Yeah. Yes. No, I couldn't hear you. No. Okay. Didn't have time. So, I the story and the narrative seems really cool. Um, and they actually explain a couple things in the demo, which is nice because at first I was like, "Oh, what the hell's going on here?" Graphically, they're using the Cry Engine, which is kind of weird because Arcane Studios has their own engine that they use for the Dishonored series. And obvi- and that's it's based off of the id tech, and obviously with with Zenimax Bethesda, id tech is usually the thing they use. So them using CryEngine was kind of weird to begin with. I don't think the game looks as good as it probably could have been one of those other engines. The visuals were kind of underwhelming to me overall. I mean, some of the stuff looks good, you know, the lighting's good, but I don't know, it just it underwhelmed me. <clears throat> um. It's it's cool. I mean, it, it seems like it's going to be an open, like a more open worldish type thing, but not completely open world. Uh, you know, you have to search around to find like machine parts so you can recycle them into something else, and blah blah blah. But where I was really getting annoyed with it is the enemies themselves, uh, because the enemies that are in the demo, at least. They just kind of pop up out of nowhere because they can uh, they can mimic a chair or they can mimic whatever, and they would just pop up. And most of the time, they would do that. You weren't looking at them, so you'd hear the sound behind you, and you're like, "Oh, what the, what the hell's going on?" And the way the movement works in the game, it's not very uh, easy to like turn around really quickly. 
And even shooting them, I mean, what what you start with is just a wrench, which they move so quickly, and you're trying to hit these damn things with a wrench, just this this you know ridiculously weird mechanic. And then you get this gun that shoots like these blobs that'll like freeze them. And even then, the aiming was just odd. Like you couldn't get past a a really simple object to shoot them like past the object, and that kind of thing was really getting annoying. So. The narrative seems cool and everything else, but personally, I'm not that interested in Prey right now. So we'll see what happens. I don't even know if we're getting it for review. They don't send games out for review until the game uh, comes out, so we'll find out on Friday if we'll have it or not. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, But in better news, I played the first episode of uh, Telltale's Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. Very good. Uh, It's fun. Uh, it has some nice voice, voice work. A couple of them are very close to the movie. Although this is not based on the movie universe. This is based on the comics. But the guy that does Ra- uh, Rocket Raccoon is very close to what he sounds like in the movies. Um, it's fun. It's, it's really neat. Uh, the, it's got a pretty decent holy shit moment pretty early on in the first episode. Uh, and, and also the soundtrack. The soundtrack's got some really cool licensed music. I streamed it because it's got... So this is kind of a weird thing with it, though. So it's got that licensed music in it, which means if you stream it, you're not going to be able to to, uh, have a replay because they'll just hit it with a copyright thing right away. But it's got that Twitch functionality built into it so that it has that crowd voting thing. Yeah. So I just launched it. I was like, ah, screw it. There was like one person watching the stream because I was doing it early in the morning. Um, But I launched it with that, and what can happen is you can pull up like on your mobile phone, on your tablet, or PC, whatever, it actually has a little thing up in the corner of the screen that says, go to this URL, and that will make you a part of the group watching this game, and you can make my choices for me. Yep. Which, I mean, you can totally... Because they started that with Batman. But right, yeah. right. So I launched it with that. Well, it cra- like that part of it crashed right away. So then the crowd thing wasn't working anyway, which is no big deal. But I was thinking about it. like It's, it's kind of counterproductive when you think about it because with all that licensed music you're only going to be able to stream it live you're never going to be able to put a a replay up because i mean there's an elo song in it there's gosh i'm trying to remember what else i heard there's some really good music in it so uh, it kind of kind of made me laugh but um yeah i mean it's a typical telltale episode uh pretty good pacing there's some action to begin with and then some story elements uh and then back to some action um some some pretty big choices you have to make pretty early on. But no, I like it so far. Although it did it did get a little jumpy a couple times with that new engine, which is still kind of weird to see when you're on you know, I was playing on a PS4 Pro even. And uh there was still some performance things here and there, but nothing as bad as I saw in Batman. Hmm. So Yeah, and then uh played some more MLB the show seventeen, working on the written review for that finally now that I have some time. Played some Diamond Dynasty the, the other day. I'm still terrible at it. Um, but I was playing some Diamond Dynasty and playing some Conquest mode. And, yeah, still really enjoying that game. <clears throat> but I watched a lot of stuff. Uh, so, out of nowhere, up on Amazon, uh, Bosch Season 3 showed up. And I really liked the first two uh, seasons. Uh, it's a fun show. It's really well done. It's an L.A. you know LA detective story based on a pretty popular series of books. Uh, got all the way through the season. I just burned right through it. 
definitely better than the second season. Uh, it sounds like they've already approved a fourth season, which is awesome. But really enjoyed it. If you haven't watched that show yet and you have Amazon Prime, give it a try. It's it's very, very good. And then still working on season 11 of Mr. Science Theater 3000. Uh, probably my favorite episode so far is a movie called Star Crash, which I'd actually seen before, and I think I might actually own it on DVD. Uh, it's this cheesy sci-fi movie that came out right after Star Wars. And um, it's got a lot of B actors in it, so... But also Christopher Plummer's in it. And that son of a bitch in that cheesy-ass movie still brings it like you wouldn't believe. He's so serious. He's so freaking good in it. But just a crazily bad movie. Uh, And the funny thing is, so there's a guy in that movie named Marjo Gortner. Marjo Gortner, you might not know the name right off, but for people, Josh, and my age, he's a little more prevalent if you see him. He played the baddie in a lot of TV shows and stuff like in the 80s. Like, uh, I think he was in a, a Matt Houston. Here, let me look it up. He was in Airwolf. He was in a couple episodes of TJ Hooker. Uh, he was on Street Hawk, Matt Houston, the A-Team, Fantasy Island, all the regulars, you know. <clears throat> but this guy actually uh, was a, uh, an evangelist when he was four years old. And he was really well known back then. Uh, he, he was on TV a lot, and his parents were evangelists. You know the old uh, the, the the tent evangelists, where they would go to town to town, put these tents up, and have their revivals. And um, he was on TV all the time. And then in 1971-72, a um, a documentary came out about him, kind of a half documentary, half expose kind of. Um, <clears throat> and it won an Academy Award even for best documentary that year. And it's all about how it's essentially just a huge con and how his parents, you know, taught him everything when he was four years old and um, kind of taught him everything. And and he ended up making a lot of money for the family. And the dad ran off with like three million bucks. Oh, I just looked up his picture. I know that guy. Oh, yeah. You know who he is. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I had seen this documentary years and years and years ago, but I, I totally forgot about it. Uh, it's up on Vudu, and it's free with ads. And there's only like it only breaks in with ads like twice. Uh, it's it's fascinating. I I will say I think there's a little bit too much of the the the, the revival services in the movie, but the stuff that's not, it's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Uh, the movie is called Marjo. That's M A R J O E. Uh, the name is from Mary and Joseph. <laughs> Oh, his parents were good. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he basically says in this movie, he's like, well, now that this is coming out, I'm going to have to do something, either be a rock star or go into acting. And then, what is it, six years later, he's in Star Crash. And he was a bunch of other stuff before that. Um, but Star Crash, I watched it twice. It's, it's so good. Uh, and like I said, I think I actually own that on DVD somewhere. <clears throat> so, um, and then I've, so I finally watched this. I really wanted to watch it. M. Night Shyamalan's newest movie, Split. Oh, I have it. I haven't seen it yet. You need to watch it. Yeah, like, I'm going to. Tomorrow, you need to watch it and watch I'm going to. all the way through it. I'm going to. Yeah. Don't, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't want to hear anything. No, no, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, yes, you are. No, I'm not. All I'm going <laughs> to say is it is probably his best movie since Unbreakable. Okay. Seriously. Uh, yeah, it was I mean, so good. I, I just I saw on Amazon. I was like, "Wait, 
M. Night Shyamalan has a new movie? Oh, yeah. oh okay. I'll yeah. try it. Because <laughs> I, I know everybody shit all over him, but I liked... I liked Lady in the Water for what it was. I liked it had its moments. I liked pretty much all of his movies. Like the, Dude, everybody, really, not not the but, happening. You couldn't have liked the happening. I, uh, I I didn't like Marky Mark, but I liked the idea of what was going on in the happening. The idea was okay, but the the way that it was portrayed was terrible. Yeah. It, was, it was terrible. Uh the. What's the other one? And the problem the, with the village was I figured it the out. The village. I love the village. Yeah, I didn't. I, it was okay. I did. Because I, and everybody was like, well, of course. We all know. Well, yeah, I went in taking it at face value. Yeah. I took it at face value and I loved it for that. I loved the way it came out and I loved the way, you know, everything was. And I thought it was great. But that's me. You yeah. know, I, I don't really have much of a problem with his movies. I'm not the one who steps into the movie going, all right, where's the twist? I'm going to find the twist. I'm going to. And I don't sit there like obsessing over it through well, the whole freaking movie. And I will say, you don't know? worry about that in this. It's I'm more not, about. It's, don't yeah. stop. Stop. No, Just no. stop. I don't I don't want to know nothing. I'm not going to tell you anything. <laughs> I'm, all I'm saying is McAvoy is so amazing in this movie. And the pacing is perfect. It's good. Yeah, it's going to keep you guessing the whole way. It's fucking awesome. All right, um, so... All right. I forgot. Mm. I did play Tethered. Oh, yeah, because it's not VR anymore. But I played Untethered, yes. Yeah. Um, so they actually sent me a code for this. Uh, oh, la-di-da. Yeah, and I said, all right, because I want to see this... Uh, I want to see this non-VR mode that you have now it's weird. <laughs> All right. So, uh, for people who don't know what tethered or untethered is, uh, tethered is, uh, we have a review for it up on the site from, wow. Last October. I think it was the launch game. Yeah. Uh, October 25th, 2016 was the release date. Yeah. And it was, uh, November 20th. Chaz put a review up. Okay, well, when did VR come out? September, so it wasn't a launch game, but it was soon after. Okay, so uh, the deal with Tethered, it's kind of like a god game. Uh, You are up in the sky, looking at this land down below you, uh, and an egg hatches, or an egg appears, and you have to make sure that it's warm. The first one hatches, I think, immediately, and they need to be kept warm to hatch into uh, a peep, which is one of these little creatures. Uh, if you don't have somebody keep it warm when it's getting ready to hatch, it turns brown and the slug thing comes out uh, and it'll make its way toward the edge of the world and drop off. But if one of the peeps can grab it before it gets off of there, it's really tasty, apparently, and they'll <laughs> eat the crap out of it. Um, you, you essentially point to where you want these little peeps to go because otherwise they'll just stand around like, what do we do? And eventually they'll get bored and they'll walk off the edge of the world. Like if you don't give them a a job to do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so the idea is you have to get them farming, you have to get them digging, you have to get them gathering food, you're doing all these different things and you can upgrade the farm areas and, 
you can build a little uh i built like a little uh bar essentially for them to go drink and have fun um and you can upgrade all these things and you can bring in the sun and the rain cloud and the 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 wind and all these different things and you can combine them kind of like uh symphony of the machine uh you can you combine the weather and do different things so like you ice up the the river that's going through the through the area so that they can walk across it mm. so they can get places quicker you have to do all these different things um and as they're doing it you know they're they're building up the they're making their offerings to the the temple and the, the little statue and you gather more power essentially as a god through all this mm. Uh, so this all goes on in VR and you can kind of lean in and check everything out. And I'm like, all right, so I wonder what they did for, for non VR. It's essentially VR, but you can't lean in. (laughs) It's, it's essentially the exact same thing. Uh, and it's a little weird at first. It's a little crazy at first because you're holding the dual shock and it's all motion control. So as you're, holding the dual shock and it's moving around in your hand, the screen is shaking and moving around. Right. Because the dual shock suddenly has replaced kind of your face or your head in VR. Uh you can switch that, which I found by accident. You can go into the menu and actually switch that so that the the screen is stable. Um but then it becomes a lot harder to kind of get around with the controls with the sticks and actually do what you need to do. Yeah. So there's a reason for it. Actually, obviously you can see the game was made for VR and I was under the impression that they did like some major overhaul here to make it playable without VR, but they really didn't. They just kind of replaced your, your eyes and your head looking around with the motion control on the dual shock. Okay. Um, so it's essentially the same, uh, which is great. I mean, in a way, because now all the people who do not have VR can actually try out the game and play it. Uh, you don't need the VR to play it, which is kind of nice. Nice. Uh, so it's a fun game. Um, I spent forever just in the tutorial, just messing around because you can do that. (laughs) <laughs> and there's multiple tutorials and you don't need to leave. You can just keep going and keep messing around and doing your thing. And eventually you'll, you'll quote unquote win, um, and then move on. But I was, I was kind of enjoying just messing around with it. Um, it's pretty cool overall. Uh, Chaz, I think he liked it. Yeah, he loved it. Um, he loved it in VR. Uh, I wonder, I, I need to ask him if he has tried it uh, without the VR and what he thinks of it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to find out. Um, but it's a it's a pretty good little god game. Uh, there's a lot of depth to it. Um, 13 levels. Um, you can really dig in and upgrade all these different... Uh, all the different uh, buildings and all the different... Uh, food patches and things like that and you can have the mining for things and it's all kinds of stuff going on there. Hmm. 
it's a it's a nice looking game and whether you're in or out of the vr uh it actually comes across really well very bright and colorful at times um where it needs to be yeah and stuff uh yeah it's it's actually pretty cool i think it's worth a look now for people who never saw it or just skipped it because they didn't have vr you might want to go back and take a look at it nice Uh, there's a pretty good game there. Alright. Works. I'm trying to think if I own that or not. I'll have to look. Uh, then I watched one more thing. Uh, finally got around to watching Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Ah. Yeah. I love that movie. So, I have the 3D Blu-ray and everything, and now that I have my plasma hooked up, watched it in 3D. It's good in 3D, doesn't it? It is so good in 3D. <laughs> it was also cool to see Dan Fogler, because we really don't see very much of him. Yeah. Uh, in, in a lot of movies. I think he does a lot of Broadway. So it's cool to see him. Uh, <clears throat> really he liked was, it. Huh? He was just in two movies, two big movies. Oh, really? He was in that and what was the other one? He was just in something else this year. Um, oh, you keep talking. I'll find it. Well, the one thing about it is I thought I, I did kind of feel like it was assuming that you knew more than you might have. Like I've never read any of the Harry Potter books and this book was written specifically for a charity after the fact. Uh, and actually she wrote the movie too. She, she actually yeah. wrote the script for the movie. Um, but it, it felt like I was supposed to remember a lot more from not just the movies, uh, the Harry Potter movies, but uh, the books, which I'd never read. So that's one thing that kind of annoyed me a little bit, but I was I was fine with it. I looked all the stuff up later. Uh, but yeah, uh, Eddie Redmayne, man, fantastic. Yeah, in that role. But oh, I see. What it wasn't. He wasn't in something big recently. It was Europa Report that I remembered him oh, from. Okay, it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, but he was. Oh, he's in the Goldbergs, actually. That's right. Yeah, I remember reading that. That's probably um, how you know him. Yeah. The gold boys. Yeah. But that's, it was, I really enjoyed it. I, I think it's, I think you can, they explain enough. Um, well, it, if you don't really know what's going on, they explain, you know, this is the wizarding world and this yeah, is this yeah. and this is that. And they, I mean, you don't have to, if you know all the in-depth stuff, you get more out of the movie, but I think you can get by without knowing anything at all. You can definitely. Uh, but I, I really like the movies the you know, the Harry Potter movie. And this, this takes place, what, 60 years before the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Something and like the next one, there's going to be young Dumbledore. Yeah. Uh, they even, they even, uh, allude to him in the movie, which is cool. Well, and, and I think they've already cast him too, but, yeah. uh, I love how it ended. I love that last third. I, I wow. There was some really cool stuff there. Colin Farrell was see, awesome. Did you see who the actor was for the bad guy? For in this movie, yeah, yeah, the like the bad bad guy at the very end yeah. who you didn't even know who it was, and then he pops up. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't know about it, but I kind of well, I kind of knew about it because he he was announced that he was in the second movie. I'm like, oh okay, and then I didn't put two and two together until he switched. I was like, oh, all right, yeah. Well, Jude Law is playing Dumbledore. Yeah, that should be cool. I like Jude Law, which which is pretty cool. Hey, yeah. you just talked about uh uh. Fuck. That black and white movie you saw. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, Sky Captain. Sky Cap- I was thinking Captain of Tomorrow or something. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It is phenomenal in 3D. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And it was cool that it was in New York City, too, and yeah. kind of seeing what they did with that. But, yeah, very enjoyable, and I uh, can't wait to see the second one now. Hopefully the second one I'll see in the theater. You know, I watched a little bit of Titanic as well. On purpose? Yeah. Did it, has anyone spoiled the ending to that for you yet? Or? Uh, yeah. Damn it. No, I like that. I saw that. I had to see it twice in the theaters because I don't know if I ever told this. Oh, yeah, this. you told this story. Where that, the, yeah, yeah, broke. <laughs> the film broke as the ship was going down. <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> How does this end? Um, but um, Mason started asking all kinds of questions about the Titanic. I don't know where he heard about it, but like he suddenly started to obsess over it, which I was obsessed over when I was a little kid for some reason. Yeah. Because uh, it's just a fascinating story. But then he really, he, he was getting into all these, he, he kept asking these things. And I was like, dude, you're, you're getting into some really heavy questions here, man. Nice. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, this is pretty intense. I said, but you know what? I said, hey, you know what? Let's watch the beginning of the movie. And you can see because it starts off where you know, they're going down to the wreck of the Titanic and you could see the wreck. Cause I re- I'd forgotten all about that. And just as we were talking about all this and I'm thinking, where can I find footage of that? I was like, Oh shit. The beginning of the movie, <laughs> they're actually there. <laughs> um, so we watched that and then he wanted to keep watching it. And I was like, okay, yeah, we could keep watching it for a little bit. And I said, but it's like a three and a half hour movie. We're yeah. not going to be able to watch it all like in one Plus, there's nudity in it, and eh, it's not a big deal. Um, it's he 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 started asking like serious, serious. He's like, "Well, what happened to all the people on it?" I said, "Well, you know, everybody got on the lifeboats. The the ones that could get on the lifeboats, they didn't have enough life." And I'm explaining to him, you know, why this is why it went down because. You know, they if they had hit the iceberg straight on, they probably would have been okay. But you know, they turned at the last second, they scraped, and this happened, and the bulkheads didn't go all the way to the top. And yeah, I, I'm explaining all this stuff to him, and then he's he's digging deeper. He's like, "Well, why didn't they have enough lifeboats? And why did they build it like that? And why did?" They? And I'm like, ah, "You know, why were they going too fast?" I'm like, "Well, they were trying to set a record because it was the biggest ship and it's it was the fastest pride. ship." And it was, yeah. And he's like, "Well, what happened to all the people?" I said, "Well, not all the people survived because you know there weren't enough lifeboats." And he said, "Well, were there kids on the ship?" And I'm like, oh. "I'm like, yeah, but it was women and children first. <laughs> They're the first ones that go on the lifeboats, so they all pretty much survived." And I'm thinking of these scenes later on, yeah. where like there's a little girl that's sitting there all alone in a flooding deck screaming, and I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> um, we didn't get too far into it. We got to where they were all getting on the ship and, and they were getting settled in their stateroom and everything like that. And that's about as far as we got. Um, you know, I've still never seen that movie all the way through. uh, It's, it's amazing. He did. I mean, the story, it's a sappy story and everything, but uh, much like avatar, it's a sappy, goofy story, but the, the the spectacle, the spectacle of it is just, 
fantastic. And, and the, the spectacle of the ship go just people on the ship and all the accuracy of, of the, the day-to-day life on that ship and, and right down to the China and everything. They, they just, he was such a stickler. That's why it was so absurdly expensive to make that movie. Yeah. Um, because of all the stuff he spent on the production. But then that whole last 45 minutes to an hour, whatever it is, where the ship is going down. Oh, sure. is amazing. It's just it like really watching is. Pearl Harbor and you just go to the attack scene. <sighs> oh, it was just unreal. So I don't know. I, he's, he's forgotten about it for the past couple nights. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping he stays forgotten about it because I think it'll give him nightmares. <laughs> eventually. Probably. Yeah. Um, because you get wrapped up in that and you start thinking about that. I mean, I, I would obsess over it when I was a kid and I was always freaked out by that idea. If I had seen the movie that was that accurate and seen how the ship was going down, the mm. people are crying and screaming and the, you know, there, there were Titanic movies when I was a kid, but they weren't half as realistic. Sure. Uh, a night to remember. Uh, yeah. It didn't really. Yeah. 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 I and mean, this one's intense when, when all that stuff starts happening. And, you know, he's like, when he saw the captain, he's like, what happened to the captain? I was like, he went down with the ship. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's what captains do. I don't know why. I guess they do it because it's their ship and they're responsible for it. That's and if something it happened, it's their fault. And then they just, they go with wherever the ship goes. It's so, C-law. yeah. So it was. It was tough. I'm trying to dance around it, but I'm not going to lie to him about anything. And I'm trying not to sugarcoat it. And I'm like, well, this is what happened. And this is why I was trying to explain it as best I could. So he's not like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, uh, it was crazy, though. <laughs> I was just like, where did this come from? <laughs> it must be like a Lego just, set for the Titanic. Oh, I don't know. Oh, did I? Did that happen? Before last week, the Apollo Lego. Did I tell you about that? You did not. There. All right. This is freaking amazing. We're getting this, which is even more awesome. Uh, June 1st, there is a new Lego set coming out. So there's a, a website called, I think it's ideas.lego.com. Yeah, you get to vote on uh, like designs. Yeah. There's a Mr. Science Theater one that people have been trying to vote up for a long time. Yeah, so... You can you can create your own ideas and put them up on the site, and people vote on them. And if it gets to ten thousand votes, uh, then Lego will look at it and make an assessment of whether it's doable. You know, based on licensing, based on cost, based on right. whatever. Um, and then it gets to a phase where they say yes or no. And if they say yes, and you know, like say I created a design and I put it up there, and everybody voted on it. I'd get a share of the profits for every one of them that's sold, which is awesome. It's amazing. Um, so when I first saw that, I saw this like six or eight months ago when we were, you know, when Mason was getting into all this stuff and I thought, Oh, that'd be really cool. And I had all these ideas. And then I saw what you had to do. You, you literally have to make it yourself. <laughs> Essentially. Oh. First, you have to have pictures of it and you have to say, I used these pieces, this many of this piece, this many. You have have to lay out all the pieces that that you used um, to make this thing. And you have to um, give what you think it should sell for and everything like that and go through the whole thing. 
there's apparently software where you can almost like CAD, you know, software where you can design it. But even that just take, I don't know how long to do. Um, So I kind of backed off that. I was like, "Eh, I don't know if I'm ever going to have time to do something like that. But uh, so what I'm getting around to, somebody put together uh, the Saturn V rocket. Right. With a little command module and a little lunar module and to scale, like they have not the, not a minifigure that goes with it. They have like the little, even smaller ones that they use for like the statue, like the statue of Liberty in the New York skyline thing. Sure. Like the little tiny, little teeny tiny Lego guys. Um, but they are to scale with the Saturn V rocket. Huh? It also comes with um, three little stands that you can lay the rocket out in its three stages on its side. The top stage opens up like it did on the real one, and you can take the command module out, turn it around, and dock it with the uh, lunar module that's sitting inside the freaking rocket and pull it out. Wow. Uh, the lunar module has like this little tiny gray base that it can sit on, uh, with like a little tiny flag and everything so that it, you can do the moon landing. The command module has a little blue base with the little pontoon stuff around it and the little, you know, stuff on top, um, that inflated for when it came down in the water. You can do the whole thing with it. Jeez. It's, it's like $120, I think, (sighs) which... Oh, Lego. Well, but that's Lego. You know, it's that's actually a fair price. When I saw this whole thing and I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be like three hundred dollars. Yeah. Under 20 bucks. That's that wasn't that bad. I I took a picture of the screen and I sent it to Lou and I just with like exclamation points. And at the end of the day, I was telling Mason about it and everything. And, and she got in the car and I said, did you see that Lego thing? She's like, yeah, that's really cool. We should get it. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I, freaked out. I was like, oh, my God, yes. I thought I was going to have to have this big, come on, please. Uh, I'll um, be your friend. But then the thing that really blew me away. Now, this I hadn't even thought about it. And while we're sitting in the car, Mason goes, how many pieces is it? And I go, you know what? I don't know. I didn't even look. And I go and I look it up while we're sitting at a red light. And I freaked out. I was like, it's 1969 oh pieces. Oh, how fucking awesome is that? Ingenious. How fucking awesome is that? They pieced it together and put the whole thing together so that it is exactly 1969 pieces. That's pretty cool. That is amazing. That's so fucking awesome. I am so excited to get this thing. So... We are we're definitely getting it. It's and it's coming out uh the very beginning of June. So Nice. I yeah, I couldn't be more excited. Um but it's out there. It's it's probably out there for pre order somewhere. Yeah. Uh I don't know. Uh but the creator stuff, they, they do really cool stuff. That uh the Beatles uh Lego uh yellow submarine, that's yeah. one of the creator ones, the one that Joel has. I think his is Lego, or does he have a different one? I don't remember. I, well, if he has the Lego one, that's that was one of the idea ones uh, that somebody came up with. There's there's a whole Adventure Time one. Uh, there's a bunch of others. Uh, 
So it's really cool. It's it's neat that they that they do that. Like with the Beatles, they had to get the licensing for that. Sure. And they decided, yeah, enough people want it and we'll pay for the licensing, so let's do it. Nice. And same thing with Adventure Time. Uh, somebody put together a whole Adventure Time set and they got the licensing for it and, and just did it. I'll have to look to see if they have a Rick and Morty set yet. Not yet. Somebody probably put one up in there. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, the garage or something. Um, but it's it's really awesome that they're doing stuff like that. And this the this thing looks so beautifully detailed. Nice. And that's that's the best thing about it because it's almost two thousand pieces. They really made it super freaking detailed. Sure. Which is really really cool. Nice. So it's I think it's almost three feet tall. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 pretty big. It's a meter. Yeah, so it's about 3 feet tall. <laughs> wow. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm super excited. <laughs> so Actually, oh, there it is. It's now this is hilarious. I just typed in Lego ideas in Google. Top yep. stories, Lego Apollo Saturn 5 rocket is revealed. There you go. Holy shit. Doesn't it look amazing? Wow. That is detailed. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That is really cool. I I just I was beside myself when I saw this. It's so freaking cool. Yep, 1969 pieces. That's great. That is and really You see great. how you can how you can lay it out on its side? Yep. And put all three stages out. Wow. Oh, I'm just giddy with it. It's That's so cool. cool. Yeah. I uh so did you um, back that PlayStation anthology book? Yes, I did. Did it? Or did it end? It ends tomorrow. It's hundred and seven percent funded, so it's going to happen. Yes. Fuck yes. Yeah, I ordered one too. <laughs> That's awesome. I am actually backer six six six. Nice. <laughs> well done. Dial with the devil. Uh, yeah. So it ends tomorrow, um, but it did get funded. I wonder what backer I am. Let me see. I actually forgot about it, and then it emailed me today saying, there's 48 hours left. That's good. Because, I, you know, I, I checked in on it a couple days ago, and I was like, oh, it's like $1,000 short. Oh, no, I hope it gets there. Yeah, it said 47657 of, or 46516 of 43000 So it's definitely over. Yeah. And now there's... Well, this can't be right because it says there's 617 backers, but I'm 666. Uh, yeah, you're right. I said, where does where do you know? In the email, it told me what backer number I was. Oh, email. Oh, I'd have to find my email. Yeah. No, there's um, gonna be some cool shit in there. So I, I yeah, I want to get a hold of that. Looks like it. Yeah. Uh, I mean the just the the amount of information that they're pulling and interviews and all kinds of stuff. It. It looks really cool. Well, the cool thing is it looks like a lot of that work is done. Yeah. So we don't have to wait too long, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, Kickstarter, PlayStation Anthology. Wait, I have a number of project updates. <laughs> <laughs> I don't because I, uh, so f- I, I back so few things on Kickstarter. Okay, you just backed PlayStation Anthology. You're backer 346. Ah, nice. look at that. Hey. Nice. Well, yeah, and there. 
even in the email, it says your backer 346 and then PlayStation Anthology 57% funded 335 backers. Like, wait a uh, minute. what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, speaking good. of Rick and Morty, I, I rewatched those two seasons too this week. I kind of had them on in the background when I was uh, unpacking, and you made me think of that because they had a Titanic episode. Hmm. Were you caught up on Archer? I have not watched any of the new season yet because mm. my cable still doesn't work. So I don't know. If, I, think, I think there's access to the app, but I really don't want to screw with that app because I hate it. So I'm just going to yeah. wait until... I have to have an electrician come in and put a new coax cable into my living room. And then I have to get Charter back out here uh, to, to set up my TiVo with the cable card and all the add-ons they want to put on my TiVo because they want to be passive-aggressive about not using their DVR. So, or I'm sorry, Spectrum. <clears throat> but my internet's working really, really well, so that's one nice thing. That's good. Yeah, I will, I will give them props for that. It's working really well. Huh. I, last night, I, we were building stuff with these big wooden blocks and things, and I was like, we need music. And I went over to turn on the Sirius. Mm-hmm. I was like, I haven't turned this thing on in months. Uh, and I turned it on and it said, um, your subscription has been updated. And I'm like, what? Oh, okay. Um, I have a lifetime on this thing, but okay. Yeah. Uh, because I got, I got my first one in 2006. Jeez. And I got the lifetime <clears throat> because it was like $500 for a lifetime. And it's like a hundred bucks a year or something like that. And I said, well, five years or it's like 120 something a year is what it was. Yeah. And it was like in four years, it'll be paid off, you know, and, I'm, and then I'll be getting it for free essentially. Uh, so I had that one forever and then I wanted a newer radio and you can switch the lifetime subscription to a newer radio for 75 bucks. Sure. So I was like, all right, let me do that. And it's a really nice newer one and everything. And when we moved in here, I actually went up on the roof and put the antenna up on the roof and ran the wire all the way down to the living room. Okay. Um, and God, it was just a nightmare getting up and off that roof. Holy I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but... You know, it says your subscription's been updated. And I'm like, okay. And I hit a button to try to listen to something. And all I get is like channel one and a, a phone number on it. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah. What What the hell? So I'm trying to hit everything. Nothing's happening. So I call the number and it's the automated voice. And it says, you know, if you want to uh, send a pulse, send a signal to your thing to refresh it, you know, hit the button. I said, yes, do that. And said, all right, it'll be about 15 minutes or so anytime in the next 15 minutes. And so I hung up. I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. And I see it message, your subscription's been updated. And I'm like, okay. And then I hit the button again. I get nothing. I'm like, what the? F-? And I start freaking out. And I'm getting really upset. And then I accidentally hit another button and it jumped right to first wave. And I went, oh, okay. And I jumped around. I'm like, oh, okay. Everything's back. Um, but on first wave, Husker Du was playing, and I was like, "Oh, sweet!" Yeah, so I, I left it on there. The picture. Yeah, and then Jane's Addiction came on, and Mason just started dancing like crazy. I'm like, "This is awesome!" Nice. <laughs> we were just jamming out, just having fun. 
I was like, this is really, this is great. Uh, cause I've been trying to <clears throat> expose him to a wider variety of music. Sure. So I was doing jazz and like, I'll put on the seventies channel and then I'll do, uh, like classic rock and I'll do just everything, everything I can think of. I'll just put on different channels and things just, to, you know, like gangster rap from the eighties where every other words, the N word. Yeah. Eh, probably not there yeah. so much. Um, but I want him to be exposed to as much music as possible, as much variety as possible, you know, so that he can find his own thing. But at least so that it's not just like, all I got was my dad's music, you know? <laughs> all I have, Phil Collins, no jacket required. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I grew up, and it's fine, I grew up listening to my dad's music in the car, which was just whatever seventies music was popular at the time. Yeah. Essentially. I didn't uh, even have something that new. <coughs> oh, it was like, well, I told you the first concert I ever went to was Harry Belafonte. Belafonte. Yep. <laughs> like slim Whitman and Conway Twitty and a lot of the older country from like the forties and fifties. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good though. I, I, I figure he's he's at least getting to hear a bigger variety of things and it was fun to see him just kind of take to Jane's addiction that quick. I was like, Wow, all right. <laughs> this is good. Well, Jane's addiction's pretty easy to do that with. <laughs> it's good fucking yeah. music. But uh, but I mean, there's plenty of people who would be like, what the hell is this? You know? <laughs> so. I mean, if you really want to do that, you put some ween in. Yeah. Yeah. Push little daisies, make them come up. Yeah. Uh, we listened, they had a new album one time and it was when I was moving from Kansas city back up to Wisconsin, but we went down to visit a friend in Texarkana. Uh, and we, all we had were two tapes with us. One, or no, three tapes, two Ween albums, and um, a book on tape, How to Learn Klingon. Huh. And that's all we listened to all the way down to Texarkana, all the way back up to Kansas City to pick up the trailer, and all the way up to Fond du Lac. <laughs> Get some kabla. Actually, for a while, I could speak some Klingon. It was kind of weird. There you go. Yeah. Now all I know is what's in Star Trek VI. That's, that's about it. Well, uh, Eel's Novocaine for the Soul came on. Yeah. But soon after that, and I was like, well, all right, now we're getting into some weirder stuff. Oh, yeah. And then uh, he said something about, he was, the DJ was talking about Hole at one point, and he said something about, because um, I guess, did I, I switched, I guess I switched over to Lithium. Um, and he said, you know, it doesn't matter what anybody says, uh, celebrity skin is the best album. And I'm like, that guy is out of his freaking mind. Yes. And Mason's like, what? <laughs> I said, no, the, the album before that was much better because that's the one that basically Kurt Cobain wrote. Exactly. It's a Nirvana album. Yeah. It's, it's another Nirvana album and it's awesome. <laughs> and the funny thing is I like whole, except for Courtney <clears throat> love, like, mm. uh, was it Melissa Oftimer and, um, uh, who's the other, can't remember who else was in the band, but they're really good. Courtney Love, ugh, God. 
Not a fan. Yeah. Well, see, and that's the funny thing. Like, they had their first album, which was, eh, it was all right. Yeah, but you it was could, nothing special. Could, you could clearly tell the second album was entirely Kurt Cobain writing it. Yeah. And it was essentially another, like, every single song, almost every single song on there, you're like, okay, I could hear Nirvana recording this song. <laughs> um. And then the next one, Celebrity Skin, she had uh, uh, Uncle Fester. Um, Uncle Fester. <laughs> uh, fucking what's his name? Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, oh, um, yeah. Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan. He did that one. And you could hear that. You yeah. can definitely hear that on there. Oh, yeah. That like, And at that point, I'm starting to think, can she even write music? Or no. is she just relying on these other people to yes. do it for her at this point? Yeah, that's all she was. So, yeah, I mean, Live Through This was a fantastic album. I still, I love that album. And I, I was trying to explain that to Mason. I was like, no, it's Live Through This is the best album. And it's because Kurt Cobain wrote it. And Listen, it's let album. your kid become a hipster <laughs> on his own. Angry at everything, doesn't like anything. Let him, let, him, let him form that on his own. Yeah, he will. You don't need to mold his hatred. <laughs> no. I have, when he starts to realize the, the library of music we have here on the media server, yeah. and he digs into it when he gets older, then he'll, be, he'll just get lost in it. I mean, there's like 20,000 or so songs on, the, on there right now. I always love uh, the look on a person's face if they're in my car. And it goes from like a Pantera song to Frank Sinatra. <laughs> That's always a, a fun look. Like, what the? What just happened? Well, mine could go from. I just am scrolling real quick down through the through this folder list here. Mine could jump from uh, uh, doll parts from Hole mm. right to the original Broadway cast of Camelot. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You got me in the Broadway stuff. I, I don't have much Broadway stuff. I have the Book of Mormon. That's about it. Yeah, I I picked up a bunch of that stuff because it was stuff when I was little and I was before I went to school, um, before I was old enough for school. And when I was home with my mom, that's she had on Broadway music all day, yeah. every day. And it just is ingrained in my head. And I know it all still to this day. Well, see, my parents don't listen to the radio. So I, we never even had a radio in the house. Oh, no, and this I, was the stereo. I she know, would, but we didn't have anything. Yeah. We didn't have a record player or nothing. Or she would put the records on. And, yeah. yeah. I was, had to buy a record player myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, we, it, just, it wasn't a part of our household. And it wasn't like music is bad or whatever else. It's just they never listened to it. And my stepdad, actually, no, I think they did buy, finally buy a console because he had some records when he... Married my mom, and that was when I was around six. But it was pretty much just his. Like, I couldn't walk over and turn the radio on or whatever. So I finally got a radio from my bedroom, and I would listen to it very rarely. And then when I got into, like, later grade school, I ended up getting this big, like, Emerson boombox with dual tape players and everything on it. And and I had I had bought a record player, I remember, <clears throat> But all I was buying on, on record were co- comedy albums. So I was mm-hmm. getting like Richard Pryor, and I was getting uh, Strain, you know, uh, Strain, or, uh, Great White North, a lot of Cheech and Chong records. I had that record that came with the Rolling Papers, and I didn't even understand what it was. 
<laughs> I'm like, what is this? Why is there paper in here? I thought it was to protect it. I, I honestly, I, I didn't know. Uh, but I was getting like Cheech and Chong records, Ronnie Dangerfield. I had a paper out, so I would go buy records, and my stepdad would get really mad at me for spending my money. And I'm like, but this is what I want, you know? And I rarely bought music, and I would just listen to every now and then I would listen to the radio. And then the more, like, the older I got, the more and more I started listening to it, especially when my mom really wanted me to play piano. So when I started playing piano, that's when I started listening to more because I wanted to hear what it all was. But that's why I didn't really get there very far with piano was it didn't mean anything to me because I hadn't really listened to music in the past, you know, and I didn't have, I didn't didn't have any inspiration. I didn't have anything to aspire to. Yeah. So, yeah. But I'm a little weird about music. I don't like listening to the radio normally. I, I, I don't like listening to satellite radio. I've got the music I like. My friends are the ones that usually uh, put me on to something new. Or I'll let one of those stations on Google Play like run. Or, oh, if you like the Foo Fighters, you might like this. <clears throat> and I'll hear something every now and then. Like Pantera, I didn't even really know very much about until after Dimebag got killed. And we were at uh, Shank Hall in Milwaukee uh, to see the Reverend Horton Heat. And between the opening act and the Rev... They put this music on, and I'm like, wow, what the hell is that? And Rock looks over and goes, that's Pantera. I'm like, holy shit, this is actually good. <laughs> so I got into Pantera after Dimebag Daryl died. But, yeah, it, it, that's kind of the way I am with music. I'm, I'm not very, I'm not very uh, exploratory with stuff. I'll hear yeah. something, I'll like it, and that's it. I, I'm, I'm not the type that goes out and buys a new album just to check it out, usually. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out. All right. So when I was working in the city, this was back in '99. <gasps> there it is. Oh, I couldn't remember the name of this place. I wonder if they're still around. All right, <laughs> hang on. Uh, CD Baby. Uh, CDBaby.com. You buy stuff from there. You were buying stuff from there a few years ago. Did, isn't that where you found? Um... Because they do all those all those independent albums or whatever, a lot of stuff, yeah, yeah. And and the cool thing was, I, I stumbled across them because some some little tiny band I saw in Philly, uh, that's where their album was. That was the only place you could find their album. And the cool thing about this place was, I don't know if it still is. I'm sure it probably still is this way. You would like you'd find whatever you're looking for. You'd find whatever band it was and when you click on it let me just click on a random one here yeah okay so recommended if you like and it has a list of other bands and more artists from and blah 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 that's not done by some algorithm or anything the people that work there listen to every single one of these albums they're huge into music every single person that's there is huge into music and they listen to all this stuff and they say that reminds me of this band and this band and this band. And if you like this, then you're going to like this and this and this. And they put it's people that are putting it together and just digging around following the line. I found so many bands there. Nice. And they used to send out the coolest freaking emails ever. Um, like, I wonder if I can pull one up here. Mm. Holy shit. See, you, that's the thing. Like, usually when I see something like, oh, you might like this, it's, it's always wrong. 
always wrong oh, whenever no. I see yeah. this. These are right. That's what's amazing. These things are so right. It's yeah. so freaking cool. And when you buy something, uh, it's not on any of these. Oh, damn. Um, they they used to send these cool emails. Um, they were all like a story about uh, the excitement, you know, grew in the in the shop when your order came in, and we so it's, rushed it's like the over Jay to Peterman catalog. <laughs> kind of, yeah. And they'd tell this hysterical story about how they rushed in and packaged up your your CD with ever loving care, and they all walked down to the post office with it together, oh and the whole cr- the whole town was rejoicing and throwing you know streamers and everything. Josh's music is going out. Josh's oh, music boy. is. Going. It was hilarious, and they would do this with like everything you would order. It was, and it was always a different story. It was so freaking funny Jeez. that they had somebody just putting together these these ridiculous things to send out. Wow. That's what I enjoyed about it. It was just such an oddball kind of place. Um, but they were, I haven't, I haven't checked it out and it looks like the last order I did was four years ago. Hmm. No, the last email I got was four years ago. What was the last order I did? Five years ago. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, but they're good. I mean, if if you're looking for music or you want to figure out new music, I mean, you could even go in and you just type in. I wonder if you can still do it. You could type in like a band and it'll say, OK, we don't have that, but here's a bunch of bands that are very similar and you probably like them. And then you can just go listen to, you know, you can just sample them, basically. Huh. Uh See whether you like them or not. Well, see, that's that's the other thing is we really didn't have a good record store in Fond du Lac except for at the mall. We had obviously a music land like every town, um, but up in Oshkosh, down in Milwaukee, and, and up in like Appleton and everything they had, and it's still around. It's this uh, place called the Exclusive Company, and they had not just records and everything, but they had equipment and all kinds of crazy stuff. But when you're younger, I mean, you just couldn't make it up there. It's not like I could ask my mom to take me to the record store. So we really didn't. We really didn't get to go to that place until, you know, obviously we could drive. So, you know, we just had music land, unfortunately. And then Shopco, which is like a local Target slash Walmart, whatever. But, yeah, it it was kind of a, a musical void in, in the town I grew up in. All, we, all I ever heard was Metallica and uh, 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 Robert Plant. Uh, I want to say Def Leppard. What the fuck? <laughs> You know, Robert Plant, John Bonham, you know. Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. God damn it. The guys that plagiarized everything they ever did. I never really liked Zeppelin. I never did. <laughs> but that's all I would hear, like, in the weight room in high school was Metallica and Led Zeppelin and fucking Guns N' Roses. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a very, It was a very sterilized town in terms of culture, like pop culture, Music, that sort of thing. That's why I never fit in it, Josh. I never fit in. I like comic books. Nobody else did. Oh, well. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it looks like you can type in a band and then <clears throat> filter your search results by sounds like. Nice. Um, so you can get bands like that. There's uh, artists you may know. Um, 
curated collections, artists by locations. There's a music discovery podcast they have. I don't really see the way. Well, yeah, it sounds like. So name a famous artist to find something similar. And they basically, they're the ones that decide what sounds similar and what sounds like something you'd like. Right. So it's, it's at least that's what they used to do. I don't know if they still do, but it was always about the human side of it. It was never an algorithm. It was never a computer deciding. It was never just the, well, it's kind of like going to the local record store or like the local comic yeah. store. And you know, yeah. here's, here's Chuck's pick for the month or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So if and you those say, always cool, this is the type of music I'm into and they'll say, all right, well then check out these 12 bands and sure. out of them. Like you might like eight of them, which is really fantastic. That's where yeah. I found a lot of different music. So ah, nice. cdbaby.com. Cool place. I've ordered from there before. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I need a, I need a beverage refill. So let's uh, take this meandering to a break so we can come back and talk about basically nothing. Since we don't yeah. have a review this week. That's, <laughs> that's, that's good. Nah, that's fine. All right. Well, we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit what's going on around PS Nation, which actually there was quite a lot this last week. Uh, we'll hit up some emails and we'll get the shit out of here. So we'll be right back. I was, was going to tell you about this before. So I really like the apartment I moved into. This place is, this whole building is built like a fortress. I mean, it's a solid, you know? And it's not one of these big complexes. It's li- literally just one building, 18 units, you know, that's it. And my friends were even saying, like, when you walk through the hallways, it almost seems like you're in a hotel. It's just these big, empty hallways. But, you know, like, I, I'm, so I'm up on the third floor. There's three floors. And then there's a basement with a garage and everything in it. The floor one and two, they have extra storage down in the basement, but the storage for my floor is right next to my apartment. So I go to, I go to put some stuff into mine and these people on this floor have all these humongous, like kids toys and stuff like that, just in the hallway part of the storage. Like I had to move their shit just to get into my storage area, but I didn't say anything about it. What do I care? I'll move this stuff out of the way. I don't care. <clears throat> so this is my second week here. And all these signs start going up. Like, you know, if you're going to put your trash down there, we remind you use a trash can because we, sh- we have a trash chute down to the basement. And people are literally just throwing their shit through it. 
like, oh, throw a bag down there or whatever. Uh, so that sign goes up. And then another sign goes up about the, um, about the storage unit. You know, like, don't keep your stuff in there. We'll throw it all out. And I'm, I'm kind of laughing about it because I was telling my buddies, I'm like, this place is like Thunderdome or, you know, it's like Lord of the Flies where they're all running this place. It, it almost seems like the landlord is never here and he never sees anything. And then I think he just showed up the other day and went, what the fuck? What is going on here? Um, so like all this stuff is going on around here, but I've only met one person that, that lives in this building so far. Uh, the people who live next door and she's like, Oh, I'm really sorry if we're loud. And we have two kids. And I said, I, I have not heard a peep. I said, the only thing, time I ever hear anything is if I'm in the living room and somebody's in the hallway and I can hear them through the door. And I said, I do not hear a thing. So it's been awesome because I'm, I'm pretty confident that I can even probably play some video games with, with some, like some volume and I'll be all right. But, oh, my gosh, just all the signs that went up the last few days. I, just, I wanted to take pictures of them and put them up because it's just everything. Like the, the funniest one today, though, was we have a trash room on each floor, and that's where the, the trash chute is. But then there's, like, a big bin for your recyclables. And there's a sign right in the door that says, if you're going to use the recycling thing, make sure that if the lid it can't go down, then everything needs to go down to the basement and get thrown away in the recycling uh, dumpster. And if you have a box, break it down. I swear to God, I open the door and there's the recycling bin and right on top of it, box. (laughs) 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 Almost in defiance. Like, we're not going to listen to your rules, man. (laughs) It's just, it's fantastic. But no, this place is pretty sweet. Cool. Yeah. So anyway, uh, what do we got here? Around PS Nation? Around PS Nation. What's going on around PS Nation, Josh? <laughs> well, we had a preview go up for Ancient Emulator on PS VR. Emulator? Yes. Isn't it like Amalur or something like that? M M U Letor. Really? A M U L E T O R. Emuletor. I am the one that is wrong. Oneaters. Oneaters. Uh, <laughs> um Emuletor. Emulator. Whatever are you, the one it is. That, are you the one that tweeted the other day that the most of the band got back together in LA? Uh I might have. I or saw no, somebody it. tweeted it at us and you said I had already seen it. You you wrote back and said, yeah, but no, was the bass player wasn't in it? Lenny wasn't, no. Yeah, no Le- Lenny. The bass player was there, but Lenny wasn't there. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Lenny, who was the best part of that movie. True, true. Who I stole to just, uh, <laughs> that was at, uh, oh, was that Comic-Con? Yes. <laughs> what was, oh yeah, Comic-Con, <laughs> the Ubisoft thing. And she didn't get it, and the look you got, <laughs> that, that blank look on that young lady's face. Oh, that was great. Yeah. She's coming to interview each of us to just get a little bit. So, hi, who are you? What are you doing here? And blah, blah, blah. And she gets to me and I do the whole, uh, I'm not with these guys. I have a pig in competition over at the livestock pavilion. <laughs> and she's like, what? A blank look on that young lady. And I think we know her, too. I just can't remember who it was. Oh, it was but great. But I think we knew her. Yeah. I was so proud of myself. That was a good one. Well, and the funny thing is. I actually had that in mind, and I think I was gonna. I, I was thinking about. It. I don't know if I would have done it, but 
I was thinking about that, and then you took it. I'm like, God damn it! I'm like, oh, I'm Glenn. All right, so uh, this VR game, it's a real time strategy game. It's it's like a it's almost like a tower defense type game, but right, you play as each of the defenders essentially, and you can bounce between them. Right, right. And you so actually you still have to play some, the but then you actually doing the stuff. Yeah, there's yeah. been some other games like that in the past, but not Seems in VR. Like Cool idea. Uh, then there is also a an interview up for Carnage Chronicles. Uh, this is an interview with the developer. This is also VR. Yeah, Ray was really after that yep. and uh, got it done. And it's very well done. It's kind of an action RPG. Yeah. So that's a pretty good interview up there. Pretty big one. Uh, then a couple of, uh, couple of reviews. Just a couple? Just a couple. Yeah, those guys have been fucking working their asses off. Starting with Symphony of the Machine, which was mine last week. Indeed. Uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris, which nobody told me. I had to figure this out after the fact. I don't like think we knew yesterday. it. Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> there is no download version of this. They, the fucking Sega... <laughs> doing yeah. only a physical version of this. <laughs> well, there's a licensing problem. So in Japan, it's downloadable and, and physical. Here, it's only physical. But the funny thing is, our review copy was digital. Yeah, I just don't get it. And on the Switch, it's only digital. I don't think you can yeah. get a physical on the Switch. I'm not sure. I, I remember there was something weird about that we talked about a couple months ago. But I even tweeted it because somebody's bringing it up. I'm like, no, it's digital. We that's what our review copy was, and then it all came out in chat. Yeah, it's very weird. Weird. Uh, then a, a review for VR Invaders Complete Edition. Nice. This is one of those first-person shooter type things in VR. Yeah. Uh, then Sam's review of Sniper Ghost Warrior Three. Watch the video. <laughs> because wow i see i played this at psx and i was very excited for this one i enjoyed what i played at psx it was on pc but uh what they were doing with it i, I thought was really cool and then uh, uh sam put a video up and he did a really good job with it and the funny thing is the mission he was playing in the video is the mission i played at psx so i thought that was a weird coincidence but uh, you need to watch it because I know he get. I mean, Sam's already kind of snarky anyway. That's just the way he is. And he got a little like kind of snarky and sarcastic in the review. But then when you see the video and you realize, holy shit, this is a reality in, in a couple situations. Uh, yeah, you need to watch it. So I think, I think he embedded it right in the review, but take the time to watch it. Cause if you're thinking about this game, that, uh, that YouTube video can help your choice a lot. <laughs> All right, then we have uh, Valhalla Hills Definitive Edition. Cool. Uh, Persona 5, Andy's review of Persona 5 finally went up. Uh, Zeros, Zeheros, Zeheros. Yeah. German Zeheros. Zeheros. That game looked cool. Yeah, that one, uh, Chaz did that one. Um... It's a very inexpensive game. 
Uh, it is a kind of a beat em up, but you might want to read the review. Yeah. Make a decision. Uh, then one of the ones I played at E3, Shyness, the Lightning Kingdom. Indeed. Uh, that is kind of an action RPG that is beautifully animated. It's almost like a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy, the Telltale series, episode one. Who did that, MGC? Yeah. Nice. Uh, then Chaz has a review for the Sexy Brutale. Yeah, it sounds like he really liked Brutale. that one. Brutale. Yeah. Yeah. Liked it a little bit. Uh, and Sam has a review up for Super Brood Bear Resurrection. Another one he did a video for as well. Yeah. It sounds like he liked that one quite a bit. Yep. And that is it. Well, there actually is one one other thing that I want to bring up. Uh, so we were fortunate enough to get an invite to... Um, they're, they're doing a Destiny 2 gameplay reveal in L.A. in a couple of weeks. And we were very fortunate to get an invite to it. So we're sending, obviously, Destiny Dave out to L.A. I think it's like May 18th. Uh, so they're going to get to play the game. Uh, they're going to do a live streaming event from L.A. All kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, we actually got Dave a recording device so that he can record a bunch of footage and I'm going to help him get all that video footage up on our, our channel, <clears throat> but he's going to be there hopefully uh, able to ask some questions and all kinds of stuff. So keep your eyes and ears around us if you're interested in destiny too. So that was very cool that we got that invite. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, since we don't have any reviews this week, I guess we can go right to emails, huh? Yep. Am I, is there an order here? Am I supposed to do the first one? Uh, I'll do the first one. Oh. So it was kind of directed in my direct. Oh yeah. I saw this email and he's wrong. Yeah. This was not really what I was thinking of, but, uh, this is from Leon and he says, Hey, just want to let Josh know the third game he was on about on PS one. He might've been thinking about Gex. Nope. Uh, I think that might be the PS1 other than Spyro, Crash, and Gex, maybe. Thanks. Gex, yeah, there was there were a couple mm. of Gex games, but that wasn't really... that. Well, that, it, it, it can't be. It can't be the game because Gex started on the 3DO. Well, either way, I mean, I, I, I don't know that there was a third. In my mind, I think there was, but looking back, I can't really find one that fits in my mind that, Oh, there it is. You know, like I would spot it and know it immediately. I see for, for me, it wasn't even like the two that you were talking about. For me, it was Ridge racer Wipeout, and probably pennant race. And, and yeah, Day. but I'm talking about platformers with mascots. Oh yeah, sure. Sure. I'm yeah. talking the mascot type games. Okay. Um, yeah, which Gex, I mean, Gex, Gex started on the 3DO and the that, second one was but, terrible. Yeah, it's, but still it's, yeah, it was really Crash and Spyro. Those were the big two. I, th- I could have sworn there was a third big one in there, and I still, I, everyone that's people have said, well, what about this one? It, it's none of them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it was. There probably wasn't a third. I don't I think know. there was. Yeah, but good, good try, Leon. Good try. As soon as I saw this email, I'm like, nope. <laughs> 
Yeah. <clears throat> oh God, really? Oh no. Oh yeah. <sighs> yes. Hold on, let me let me take a, a quick sip here. No, I should have gotten some scotch at uh, at break. All right, kids, we've got another email from uh, Mr. Long Emailer last week, Danny. <laughs> this one isn't so long, so that's good. No, it is not. It says, hi, guys, it's me, Danny. I apologize about my long-ass email a few weeks ago. <laughs> and I also apologize if I sent it to y'all twice. Y'all, damn it! Y'all twice. <laughs> because I did not get my confirmation email until way later, but that's mostly my fault for not refreshing it. But I got a short question this week. Yeah, right. I'll believe that when I see it. Uh, and that is what should... What? That is what should game should I get? What game should I get? I recently purchased a Wii U. <laughs> I got a discount store uh, brand new for 60 bucks. Wow. Damn. <laughs> Damn, dude. Yeah. All right, I didn't that's read this email. I just looked at the beginning of it and I no, was like, that, okay. That is a deal because they're still selling too expensive yeah. right now. They're still selling for full price. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, it also came with Mario Kart 8. Fuck your set. Uh, my question is, now that I got a Wii U and my birthday is coming up, which game should I get? Wait, what? Horizon Zero Dawn or Zelda Breath of the Wild? What? <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, <coughs> he, he's oh, probably you know asking. What? Yeah, yeah I, before you go on, I say get Zelda Breath of the Wild now because that will disappear and it will not be available. Well, because- it's digital. Oh, uh, well. You can get a digital. The thing is, the physical run. But you don't lot. want to get a digital game on the Wii U. You don't want to get a digital game from Nintendo, period. Well, it depends also. Do you have the white <laughs> Wii U or the black Wii U? Because the white one only has 8 gigs of storage. Yeah. The black one is 32 gigs. You can, you can put an external hard drive on, but eh. Um, if you can find a physical copy of Zelda, snatch it up. Because... Yeah. They're rare already. I think they only did one run, and I'm not the only one that thinks that. A lot of people think that. Um, I actually have the physical copy. I went and bought Me it. Me too. Yeah. I got it. I made sure I got it because I knew that it was that they weren't going to make a lot of them and they would disappear quick. Yeah. I, <coughs> I would say for that reason alone, if you can find a physical copy of Zelda, get it. Because yeah. the game is fantastic on the Wii U. It really is. It's, it's very good on the Wii U. We'll get into let's get into Zelda versus Horizon at the end of this email though. Uh, I will eventually get both in. God damn it, y'all's opinion, <laughs> which is a little better and worth paying, playing first. And yes, I do write these emails on my phone. Ah, we knew it. So that is why it is not very well spaced out and in good paragraph from. And I ain't from Kansas. I am a little more south. I am from Mississippi. Well, that explains a lot. I'm kidding. Uh, sorry I write how I talk when using my phone because it's kind of like texting but y'all would ever hear me talk in person y'all oh my god stop with the y'alls I think (laughs) is the biggest hick of this side of Alabama I've my family being from Kansas they're very southern oriented in Kansas Kansas is weird like Kansas City especially you can have somebody that talks like me with no accent whatsoever and there can be somebody right next to them in the same family that sound like they're from the deepest, deepest south in the world. Like, my father and his family, when they talk, there are times where I can't understand them. And I grew up with these people. It's freaking weird. So, anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, but thank y'all. Thank y'all. Come on, man. Thank y'all so much for reading this with much love, your friend Danny. 
So we've actually been talking about on our team chat, our writers, uh, kind of between Zelda and the new Zelda and Horizon Zero Dawn. And Josh, I don't have you played Zelda yet? No. Okay. So they're both fantastic. I, there, there's no denying that both games are just outstanding. But I find myself more compelled to play Horizon. And again, this isn't this isn't diminishing anything that Zelda Breath of the Wild is. I personally just like the combat. I like the story and I like the the flow of the game in Horizon more than Breath of the Wild. I I want if I was if I was sat down in front of both games, I would probably play Horizon over Zelda. Zelda is fantastic. It's huge. It's immense. But I am it might be because of my hand and everything else, but I've had a really hard time getting the timing down on blocking. Um like blocking uh, attacks at me. Uh I don't know. I I also, I mean, I like Zelda in terms of, you know, you can pretty much go anywhere you want and it's going to bust you if you're somewhere where you shouldn't be yet. Uh, And that has happened to me a few times. And that's fine. That's just, you know, the normal uh, looking around and and trying to find your way around. But I don't know what it is. I just, I I don't know what it is. Uh, The one thing that really annoys me about Zelda, though, still is... The fact that pretty much everything is destructible—all your weapons, all your shields, everything. Uh, you know, I know you get later on in the game, and there's moments where you can get the stuff repaired or whatnot, but it really annoys me. I, I don't like managing my inventory that much, and I'm a little spoiled with the weapon wheel on Horizon, where I can just hold the button down, it goes into slow mo, and I can make new arrows, make new whatever right on 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 the fly. Whereas Zelda, you're constantly going out to your inventory screen and trying to find stuff, moving stuff around, and it, it just it takes me out of the experience, honestly. So that's all. But it's a great game. Like Josh said, if you're looking for the Wii U version of Zelda, do it now. You, yeah. It actually already might be too late, honestly. But find a physical version if you can, because um, they're going to be rare, and it's going to be tough to find, and it's, it's going to be kind of a neat game to have uh, in your collection. And Mario Kart 8 is fantastic on the Wii U. It's just, you're not going to be able to play it online very much longer, I'm sure. Because Nintendo is essentially going to start treating the Wii U like Microsoft treated the original Xbox when the 360 came out. Microsoft is, or, uh, Nintendo is just going to sweep the Wii U under the rug and, and forget all about it. Oh, they already have. Mm, yeah. Well, except they're, for the fact that they're still uh, selling it at full price. Well, yeah, they're still selling at a full price, but they, they've essentially... the Zelda was the last Nintendo game, really, that's coming out. It was the last the Nintendo game, but there are some <clears throat> other games coming out. Yeah, there are. But, I mean, that was the same thing with the 360. They, yeah. You know, they just... They kind of say goodbye to it very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the Xbox, the original Xbox, just completely got shut off, essentially. Oh, yeah, yeah. When the 360 came out. Um. Right now, uh, Breath of the Wild for the Wii U is available on Amazon. Ooh. So if you want to get it, I would grab it. 
because Horizon, you'll always be able to get a yeah. physical copy of Breath of the Wild. I don't really trust that you will always be able to get that. Nah, it, it, it was, it's been pretty obvious that they didn't really make very many versions of the uh, physical version of the Wii U one. Yeah. So I made sure to order that ahead of time. Yeah. And now it's in my trunk. <laughs> I haven't brought it upstairs yet. Yeah, I honestly, I agree. I, I, I think that's the way I would probably go. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a great game, and you might as well play with your new toy for a while. And Mario Kart 8 and Zelda are two of the best games on that system. So you're, you're definitely on the right track. Pick it's, up Super Mario 3D World when you can, too. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, I don't like the 3D Mario games. Although the new one for the Switch looks interesting to me. It, it's funny. I mean, if you talk to Mark about Wii U or Wii, he is... I don't know if he's trying to get a full U.S. collection of Wii U game, or Wii games, but he buys a lot of Wii, uh, Wii titles. Like uh, even the garbage? What's that? Even the garbage? Yeah. Because most of it no, is garbage. No, he's been really picky. He actually gave me a list of games to look for because they're getting a little more rare, like uh, the Sonic and Mario, uh, one of the Olympic games, and yeah, I have <clears> one. that stuff. Um, see which- I don't think he's trying to get a whole U.S. collection because he'd be asking for shit too then. But he, I mean, he has a ton of Wii games. So, and it's, it's funny, like, on the Wii U, Bonk's Revenge actually hit the virtual console today. What? Get it working on the Switch for shit's sake. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it's annoying. No, for 60 bucks, though, you got that system with Mario Kart 8. That's a, I think that thing's stolen. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> Honestly. I, I think you bought I think you bought a hot Wii U, so don't let anybody know about it. But if you got the black one, you're you're pretty set. I never put a hard drive on mine, and I think literally on my storage. No Mario Kart Eight, I have in disc as well. So all I really have in storage is Virtual Console titles and all my Wii stuff that I transferred over, and that's it. Everything else I have in disc. So, yeah. No, man. Great, great deal you got. I'm not going to chide you for that at all. 60 bucks for a brand new Wii U. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's hot. <laughs> I'm going to call the cops in Alabama right now. Well, I'm happy with... I'm happy with my collection for the Wii and the Wii U. I don't have much for either system, but what I have, I'm all right with. You know? Uh, I'm, I, I kind of decided I'm not going to hook the Wii U up anyway. I'm just going to leave it in the box for now. Mm-hmm. But I'm all right with what I got for it. And for the Wii, I, I don't think I really have much for the Wii. I have like Sin and Punishment and uh, House, of the, House of the Dead on, uh, what is it, that, that? There was that House of the Dead yeah. Overkill. That's the one. Yeah. Where it was like a, an old, uh, old Greenhouse well, movie. Yeah. It looks like I have, all right, so I have about, it looks like 64 physical games for the Wii. You got way more than I do. Yeah, I'm sure I have more on both of them easily. Um, And then for the Wii U, uh, 59, almost the exact same amount. Hmm. But I'm happy with the collection that I have for each of them. I don't think I'm missing anything major or anything 
like great, you know. Yeah. I've got major titles. I've got some of the quirkier ones. I've got some just dopey ones because they were a dollar, two dollars, and I was like, yeah, why not? And yeah. I picked them up. I don't do very much of that anymore because I'm out of space. Like even GameCube, I love my GameCube, but I only have twenty games for that. I don't even think yeah. I have my Wii or Wii U games cataloged yet because I really didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. What am I for SNES now? <clears throat> oh, I'm over sixty games for the SNES. Nice. I think I have four. But- there's still more I want. Uh, what is my wanted list? I still want for SNES. I still want Arrow Fighters. Well, I've got Haganai on here, but I'm never going to get that game. Not the US one. It only came out at uh, uh, Blockbusters, and it's a decent game. It came out from Hudson Soft. You can get the Japanese one really cheap. Um, it's kind of a hack and slash platformer, um, but because it was only available best at uh, Blockbuster. It's really rare in the U.S., and it goes for way too much money. I actually had one in my hand, but he wanted too much. <clears throat> so, Arrow Fighters, Knights of the Round I want, R-Type 3 I want, Rock and Roll Racing, because I can't find my copy, uh, Sky Blazer, and Super Turrican 2, which I really want. I, I have Super Turrican, the first one, but the second one's tough to find. I have nine. Nine games for the SNES? What do, yes. what do you have? Uh, ESPN Sunday Night NFL. Oh, my God. John Madden football. Of course. Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball. Well, that's worth having a SNES for right there. Mario's early years, fun with letters. Mario's early years, fun with numbers. God. Somebody gave me those. Mm. Uh, And I think the only two that I actually bought. uh, Well, there's NCAA football, super play action football. But the only two that I actually bought. Uh, were NCAA basketball, which is a good and, game for the time, and NHL Stanley Cup because those oh. two, those two did that whole. Yeah, they got the Mode Seven, uh, so everything is kind of in pseudo three D. Yeah, it would yeah. rotate the entire uh, Wait, court. You and I and bought the NHL the, the same day. Remember? Yeah, that's when you were up at MGC. <coughs> we went to the we went to the uh, game store beforehand, yep. and they had it for like what three bucks or something. Yeah. And the cartridges were filthy. Yeah, they were. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I was really excited for that one. It's, I mean, they they don't hold up great anymore. But when, especially when NCAA came out originally, man, we played the shit out of that game. Yeah, well, they're such unique titles. They're so, yeah. it, you never, you don't see sports games doing that. And the way it would rotate, like on a pivot like that. Yeah. was just crazy. So... It was an interesting uh, use of, of the, the Mode 7 graphics and everything, too. And NHL actually looks better than NCAA. NCAA is very sparse. Uh, NHL actually did a nice job of kind of filling that space in. So, yeah. yeah. No, they're good games. That's all you have, really. That really is. Oh, my gosh. I've just never... Well, since I got... I, I was only getting them because I had the Retron 5. And sure. since I got the Retron 5, I haven't been back to MGC, so there's no place I'm going around here to buy them, you know? Well, we'll have to put a list together of the, of the must-haves for you, like ActRaiser, Contra 3, Cybernator, um, Axelay, um, F-Zero. I can't believe you don't have F-Zero. Yeah. Um, 
I'm just looking at my list. NBA Jam Tournament Edition. Oh my god, it was so good on the SNES. Uh, Pop and Twimby, but that's only Japanese. Space Megaforce. Space Megaforce is one of the coolest shmups ever made. It's made by uh, Compile, who did a lot of the best shmups on the TurboGrafx slash PC Engine. Uh, again, it uses some really cool Mode 7 stuff. So, like, the second level in Space Megaforce, there's this, like, base way off in the distance. And as you progress through the level, it keeps getting closer and closer to you, like you're like you're descending upon it. And then the second half of that level is you actually fighting over that base. Mm. It's really cool how they did it. Then, of course, you need Star Fox, because that's the best game ever. Mm. Castlevania 4. Oh. Castlevania 4 is one of the best in the series still. It's so good. Mario Kart. That's 27 NES games. I don't have my NES games cataloged yet, really. Six Game much. Boy. Five Game Boy Advance. Gosh. What do I have for GBA? Yeah. Not much. Baseball Advance, Metroid Fusion, Zelda Four Swords, Final Round Golf, Namco Museum, Advance Wars, which is really good. And uh, WarioWare for the GBA is excellent, too. 23 GameCube. <laughs> I got to get more GameCube games. I just haven't really focused on it. But if you don't have Beach Spikers Volleyball, you need to get that game for the GameCube. It's one of the best on the, on the system. Uh, I actually might. Wait a second. Game it's a Sega Cube. game. It's so good. We should get that yes, game I do going. Have that. We should get that Beach going Spikers at MGC. Virtua Beach. Yeah, it is that. awesome. <clears throat> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, I've got my uh, Retron 5 hooked up on the, on the Plasma out there, so I'm, I'm ready to get back into that stuff. I've even got my, my Capture... Equipment set up in both the office and in the living room already, so I'm ready to go there and trying to get stuff raring to go so we can start streaming more. Yeah. Well, cool. I think we're done. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm hoping maybe to have, even though it doesn't really matter anymore, the final review for MLB done next week if things work out. Uh, we're going to go see Guardians of the Galaxy on Saturday, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So I'll be able to talk about that a little bit. Hearing very good things. Um, try to watch Split by next week, dude. You gotta watch it. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'm gonna, Even if we don't talk about it on the podcast, it. I want to talk about it with you. Uh, I was gonna watch it the other night, and I just I didn't get the chance to. Yeah, I. It's funny. I had ordered it, and it showed up at my parents' house, and I never really thought of it. And then one day I was there, and I'm like, oh, at least I'll put the code in. And uh, I put the code in Voodoo, and then I was sitting around the other night. I'm like, God, I gotta watch this. So I, I just threw it on Voodoo and watched it. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, I really like his early stuff. Obviously, I, I really like Six Six Sense, like everybody else, and Unbreakable, still one of my favorite movies. And then the other ones, I like them in different degrees. You know, Lady in the Water, I thought was better than a lot of people let on, blah blah blah. But uh, I wasn't. I, I wasn't even going to give Split a chance until a couple of my friends said, you got to watch it. I'm like, all right. So I picked it up, and yeah, it was it was fantastic. So, well, cool. Uh, thanks to everybody that's been on the forums uh, this week especially, but uh, all the past weeks as well. Uh, thanks to Activision for inviting us out to that Destiny 2 event. That's freaking awesome. Uh, we've, we got our first kind of invite stuff for uh, E3 already rolling in. The PlayStation 
uh, press conference. We got the invite for that today. That will be at the normal time on Monday, 6 p.m. Pacific. So obviously we'll be there to cover that as well as a lot of other things at E3. So I would say get ready for some of the E3 stuff. We're only, what, six weeks away? Oh, my God. Oh, I'm not ready for it. Um, Yeah. So we'll see if the grand experiment of having all those people from the public in there is going to work. And the thing is, we might sound like we're bitching a lot about it. It's not just us. Everybody's bitching about it. So, well, cool. Anything else, Josh? All right. We are out of here. Take it easy. Thanks for listening. Get out there placing games. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, y'all. God damn it. I never want to hear that word again. And I use it. My wife's a good Southern girl. My wife is from Arab, Alabama. Y'all ain't from Arab. Who's minding the store? Let me tell you about Arab. It's spelled A-R-A-B. They don't pronounce it Arab. They pronounce it Arab. Because the original name was Arad, but they misspelled it on the water towel. I can't make that up. It's like those guys going, I'm going to climb back up there. All right, we'll change the name of the town. And they did. Arab, Alabama, little bitty town, all white people. All the time. Except the day we got married. So just for fun, I took my whole family to Walmart. And we just started walking around. People started looking at us. They go, what are you staring at? We just bought this place. I learned this from my wife and my mother-in-law. You can say anything about anybody as long as you say bless their heart. My wife does it all the time. Look at that ugly baby. Bless its heart. Look how fat that man is. Bless his heart. It's like a slate cleaner. And my wife can't whisper. You know who you are. We're in the mall the other day. This lady walked by us and her outfit was, you know, questionable. My wife went, did you see that? I'm like, yeah, honey, she heard that. Oh, bless your heart. I'll never forget the first time my mother-in-law met my dad. Me and my dad went down to Arab. We got the car at the house. My future mother walks out, says, hey to me. I swear, y'all, she looks at my dad and goes, hello, Mr. Cho. How are you? (laughs) 
My dad's like, what is she doing? I said, well, she thinks he's speaking Korean. <laughs> Bless her heart. It's a true story, man. She still yells at the man. My brother-in-law is from Arab. He still lives there. This will sum him up really fast. Arab, they finally got an Italian restaurant. Italian. He's like, hey, man, we got a new Italian restaurant. I said, real, is it any good? He goes, well, it ain't no olive garden. What do you even say to that? Yeah, you really raised the bar there, didn't you, Forrest? <laughs> then their cousin got in a fight. We had to go get him out of jail. He came walking out going, hey, man, tried to call you on the cell phone. I said, you don't have a cell phone. He goes, I mean, the phone by the cell. <laughs> I can't write that. I married that. And they are a gold mine. Oh, I love the holidays, you know. I don't even eat. I just sit there with a pen going, what'd you say? <laughs> yeah. oh, that's the thing about getting married, man. You don't just marry her. You got all of them. It's tough, man. It's different. It's great, though. I love being married, you know? It is. It's great, but it's work. There's a woman in my church, a woman at my church, been married 55 years. 55 years. You told me, Henry, not once in 55 years did I think of divorce. Not once. Thought about murder. Because <laughs> you do. Oh, I know my wife at least twice a week looks at me when I'm asleep going, I'd kill you right now. I know she won't do it because she'll get caught. She watches a lot of CSI, though. So. <laughs> I better keep my eye on her. 